happens. It's okay that we're here. It's okay that you're here. It's good. Did she do that to us? Do you expect me to talk? Or good afternoon or good morning and welcome to episode 169 of do you expect us to talk i'm your host becca and as always joined by my fellow co-hosts chris Byrne, dave bond and extra special guest charlie brigden this time we review star wars episode 9 rise of skywalker <laughs> so i just liked how becca sort of like just sort of said that as in like wrong bird episode nine. <laughs> well to be fair good evening folks to be fair um we did announce this as being john wick last time out yeah so true. that's why i'm confused I- uh, just for the sake of um, clarity, we, uh, without going into why, we recorded about half of that show, and then we've been unavailable since. So we, we're gonna, we haven't had time. So effectively, we're recording this tonight. We're recording the Christmas commentary tomorrow, which will come out first, and then we'll go on to Star Wars rankings, and then we'll move on to um, John Wick. So it's not Quantum Baby just yet. Yeah. Anyway, you're all welcome to say good evening as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good evening. Can we do John Wick instead? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, not not to rub it in, Charlie, but um, we were effusive in our play praise of that <laughs> in the hour we did. But let's, let's discuss, discuss this instead. Yes. <laughs> Becca, what are, we, what, what are we covering tonight? You have sort of said, but who's in it? <laughs> yes, I, I whizzed through it because that's what this film kind of does it barrages you with lots of information you're going huh, 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 huh. Um, and doesn't really give a flip um, but yes no um, obviously it being the holiday season here in the UK we had a little film called Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker released starring many other people but also including Daisy Ridley Adam Driver John Boyega Oscar Isaac Naomi Aki Donald Gleeson Richard E. Grant who I was completely surprised was in this film um, Ian McDonald, Billy D. Williams Carrie Fisher Mark Campbell Anthony Daniels and many many more I wish Richard E. Grant had just been pissed in it. That would have been great. But then I, I wanted, you know, Eddie Hitler in the last one. So. <laughs> that was fantastic. A great bit of casting. I've ever seen it at the and, cinema and everyone was like, <gasps> Does it feel like... Yeah. Been... Yeah. It does almost feel like Hooks has been demoted as well. It just feels like... Oh, yeah, he's, he's been kind of lowered down the rankings. Perhaps JJ watched, you know, About Time or something. <laughs> okay, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing to explain it. Um, it's just here. Just ruined it. They ruined it. Yeah, somebody who supposedly served, you know, the emperor before, but we'd never met this character. Is that ever mentioned? No. Nope. Oh no. Uh, when he's yeah. doing when he's doing the the, the you know the uh, phone call with him, and he says, oh, okay. I, "I served you in the past," or something like that. I'll serve you now. So, okay. so um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, did we all see this? How, how, when did we all see this then? Because we're recording on the 29th. We took a while to get there. For, for my part, I've seen it three times. I saw it um, sort of the day after it was released. Uh, and then I saw it a couple of days later with a different group. 
and then I watched it on Boxing Day as well, the 26th. Another group, uh, Dave? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I just saw. I, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it with. Um, uh, I used to work with someone who's a big, big Star Wars fan, so he normally gets in contact sometime after it's released and said, "Shall we go and see it?" Um, so I normally see it with a couple of different sets of people, but I saw it myself as well. So I've seen it three times. What about you guys? Uh, I I saw it twice. I saw it like first thing Friday morning, and then uh, I saw it with uh, with my well then girlfriend uh, now fiance. Uh, Congratulations! I just casually dropped that in on the recording, but yeah, um, yeah, she wants to watch it as well, so. Uh, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to have to rewatch it because I'm going to be viewing it. So She's a I, keeper. I find it instructive that Robert Darby goes and appears on a rival podcast and suddenly Chris announces he's on <laughs> What, what podcast just, did he go on? That just seems petty. He's on JBR. <laughs> oh, he was he? Oh, right. He's too busy for us, but JBR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. J- JBR and JBR and the rumour mill. Pardon? Yes, uh, and the bottom yeah. 25 school rumour do you know what? They might turn out to be right, but for the only time in my history following them, I think they've been a little bit irresponsible here because they announced Roma had gone a couple of months ago and with nothing to back it up, no follow-up on it at all. There's uh, a reason behind then, that, which I found out over um, yeah. a few days ago. That, um, it's, it's literally just not to not to embarrass somebody, that's all. I suspect um, it's probably correct now. They couldn't, they couldn't reveal this. A couple source. months ago, it was a get. I just think... Yeah, I, I wasn't overly chuffed with that, but I'm, I'm I am sort of hearing more that Roma's score was a little bit out there and so on. Something that they should have. I'm I'm kind of depressed that this is potentially an Eon thing rather than Fukunaga, and also that supposedly Hans Zimmer or one of his co-sources is going to come in and score. Yeah, it's them Just with their kind of depressing. Yeah, they've, they've, they've watched Fallout, haven't they? The, you know, the Eon always following, never leading. Yeah. Um, but, but to be fair, like the description given was like the world's most famous composer, so it's either going to be Zimmer or Williams, and it's unlikely it's going to be Williams. So, ergo, it falls to Zimmer's production production firm. But again, firm. Well, um, we don't know who that's going to be, but could be anybody. I mean, it, it might turn out okay, but I mean, uh, uh, on the flip side, of course, an out there score might produce like fucking Eric Serra and Gold. Yeah, right? we do on that again. So, um, but we'll just have, we'll just see. I, I've got no judgment on it, other than I think they jumped the gun in saying anything. Now, when it appears that some kind of announcement is imminent, fine, fine. There's nothing wrong with being ahead of like other sources, but they were saying this several weeks ago and I thought that was a little bit early when they didn't follow it up with anything at all but um, we shall see we'll see what I mean we'll never know what Roma did now I just uh, I'm just pleased it's not David Arnold and also on a side note do go and listen to the Robert Darby interview it's really good and really funny yeah so if, highly recommend it no one ever wanted him in the first place so Who? it's kind of like Roma no even fans, though Without, without already probably knowing exactly what he did, because because there's so they were so big about wanting David Arnold back. Yeah, and then it was kind of oh who's this guy? I've never heard of him. David Arnold is not the problem. The problem is what it says about the attitudes within Eon if they brought him back. Yeah, that you know. (laughs) It's some of the problems we're going to get to with this film. It's that kind of safety first franchise thinking of like, 
constantly looking back at your own history all the time and it's like you've got to slowly move on you can't just be sticking goldfinger out every couple of years you know um but we'll see we'll, we'll just see we'll, we don't know what the truth of that is yet or who they're going to name doesn't sound like it'll be david arnold and that's a plus and i've liked his scores but it's just this constant retreat into a comfort zone is not a good idea yeah so yeah i've tried and tested yeah i mean i don't mind like going like sort of going go one confident then like taking a risk next time and then going you know going a bit of back and forth you know sort of like push, yeah. you know just 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 like oh just we'll, we'll, we'll just stress limits then bring it back for 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 maybe or do you know what i mean i don't yeah. mind that but when it's yeah when it's consistently like i don't Hans zimmer doesn't strike me as the most natural fit no at all but the, th- the structure is quick and fast what bothers me i think with the fan base in general is when you name a composer they'll go and listen to what they've done and say none of that sounds like bond and you're going yeah but hang on a minute yes there is that point you know but there's also even if that's what you wanted you're listening to a fucking score to far cry why would you expect that to sound like eon james bond film or you you know beast of the southern wild or whatever whoever whatever it was he's worked on with him or maniac or something completely different vibe to bond yeah so i don't know but i mean we'll just have to trust them because we'll never hear what it was he did and we'll just have to trust that maybe he did something that wasn't wildly suitable he, he won't be the last time composers are changed late is it charlie so well no exactly um especially when zimmer's cons- who else is in that who else is in that stable then because lawn balf is but who else oh uh, um, there's Lauren Balf and um, Steve Yablonski. Um, oh, Junkie XL. Kind of, yeah, Junkie XL is, is kind of in that as well. Um, and there's people like Tyler Bates. John Powell used to be in it, isn't anymore, I don't think. I know John Powell. Um, there's Harry Gregson Williams and Rupert Gregson Williams again. Not generally great composers. Um, so yeah. it's kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, we'll have to see. It's, it's just the, the reputation they have of just doing things quick and fast rather than quality for me is what kind of makes me think. That, well, what makes me feel sad about it. And. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of other composers that they could have gone for that they didn't. And to just stump for the Zimmer kind of crowd just tells me, yeah, just, just to worry more about getting it done than anything in terms of quality. It could be good. I mean, Zimmer's not a bad composer. No. It's just, there's, there's, there's just across the board. With well, there was a period where... General, there was a period where Zimmer sounded really like fresh and different and stuff for me. Yeah. Uh, that, that era's passed because there's just so much similarity and the films, I think that he's Zimmer RC, sorry. Uh, yeah. I think some, <laughs> some of the films That's that like, he's associated with are not as great as they might've been. They're no longer in the zeitgeist. So it's mm. almost like he's writing to a different era. So, yeah, because he used to do stuff like driving Miss Daisy and things like that, and he did Thelma and Louise, which were good scores. Yeah, and and now there's like with the Transformers thing and all like that, and to the point where Hollywood has has kind of settled into that kind of homogenous phase where 
a lot of people, if they want a blockbuster score, they'll say, all right, well, I want something that sounds like that because that is the accepted score and also because it's something that doesn't interfere too much yeah. with the sound effects. Yeah, yeah, they, they tend to be re- relatively understated. But um, I don't know, we'll just see. I'm, I'm yeah. not, you know, overly concerned yet because nothing's actually been announced. But it does sound, it's gaining traction. And he's, uh, Roma's been in, uh, announced for another film as well. So it does seem that, like, he's moved on to something else. So, I mean, it's a bit like when they replaced directors. We had a few days of silence while they were clearly figuring things out behind the scene. Yeah, it just, just makes me wonder as well what control then Fukunaga is going to have or is having over his film. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Because I'd imagine that's an Eon decision rather than his. Uh, yeah, I would think so. I don't know, if, is there precedent in the Bond series before? Have we had late changes of composer in the Bond series that you know of? I don't um, know that we have. I can't think of any. No, no not off the top of my head. Well, on the bonds. Um, yeah. Good call. I search in my brain. Mm. Can't think of any. I mean, it, it might it might depend. He's doing the title song. I mean, surely the composer has a. Um... <sighs> well, that bothers me. There's no crossover between any of that anymore. Well, that's no. the thing. David David Arnold got annoyed because there are a couple of times when you know, like with um, Quantum of Solace was one of them. Yeah. Um, where and tomorrow, uh, never, dies, tomorrow never dies. Where, yeah. Where he wasn't involved mm. in writing the title the title song that they used. Yeah. And his alternate version is all over the score. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. His, his interpretation yeah. of it. Yeah. So that that bothers me. Um, mm. And it doesn't. It leaches some identity out of the score. It just does because you you listen to something like the Living Daylights and it's. The, the title track and some of the other bits. That's a bad example, actually. There are some other examples where the the, the music is all over over it. You only live twice and stuff like that, where the, the whole score is interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Future yeah. Kill. Spy love me. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a good example. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so every time I think of the Spy Who Loved Me, I just think of Roger Moore passing out really unconvincingly. <laughs> But that is after after they play a long version of uh, Nobody Does It Better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope our listeners are enjoying our in-depth look at the Star Wars franchise. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, moving on. uh, Charlie, uh, you've seen this film, obviously. Uh, Charlie goes, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, shit. I saw it once on opening day. Right. Okay. That was well, now I feel so bad. Yeah, Becca, you saw it after you saw it the weekend, didn't you? After. Yeah, so not not an opening, probably like a day after. I don't mind if my dad to go and see it, but I haven't been able to see it since due to Christmas, etc. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> now, of the four of us, I think I know what three of us think. Chris has not said a word about this yet. To us. He either loves it or hates it. And we, <laughs> and we don't know, so I reckon Chris ought to go first. Yes. Okay. Um, hmm. On the spot. Yeah, on the spot now. Um, I my general and I'm kind of in sort of two minds here with this one because a I did enjoy my time with it, but b I fully recognise objectively that the storytelling element of this movie is utter bollocks. <laughs> uh, so um, so while yeah, I, I, 
it plays with ideas that I think, yeah, there's there's some things I like, some things which completely just undermine everything, and some and sometimes you just should not go to, um, like Palpatine. Like why? Why bring him back? Because it's an awful Tension idea. Is topping up. Yeah, everything just feels like redconning. Everything just feels like quick. Uh, what can we do? Oh, I don't know. Let's just let's just go back to the, like the first laziest idea, even though it's probably going to be shit. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the problem here ultimately has just been the, the what, what we thought after the Last Jedi, which is clearly from from the get go. There's no, they've not followed a blueprint, and now, now we have Last Jedi, which, the only, which I think Dave alluded to that you know only one with any balls and actually tried something different. But the problem is it kind of tied pretty much everything up and left nowhere to go so JJ's come back and kind of gone oh, actually, I actually had ideas I needed to sort of do for the first film and and it, it just doesn't work as a coherent trilogy now um, so <laughs> what we are left with is like as a as a bit of a mess when you look at the whole spectrum of these three films now it's just, I don't know it's a uh, it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a sight to behold but um, yeah, on this film it's I can I understand why people hate it. Understand why people went. Yeah, I I enjoyed it because uh, I I I certainly got some enjoyment from it. But there were certain moments where I thought, my God, why? And there were certain moments <laughs> I thought, oh well, that's nice. Or I see what you're going going with that. But yeah, everything just felt rushed and just sort of there was just too much, too much stuff that should have been sort of. If you're gonna go go down the road, you should have done it in the previous film, but you didn't. So I thought, I think. The, the problem here is they haven't learned the lesson. Like, they do, didn't do what they should do, which is like, regardless of what you thought of Last Jedi, you know, it doesn't matter. You have to just carry on and move on. You know, what's done is done. You have to move on. You have to, like, you can't just sort of go back and just sort of change everything or try to, like, pick up like, old ideas that you may have put through in the first film uh, and bring back, you know, just, just move on. Just carry on. Just tell a good story but here we are so <laughs> that, those are my thoughts this is what we're stuck with yeah <laughs> now i'm kind of along the same i'm just going to insert myself into here um i'm kind of along the similar sort of lines i mean i had i would say three out of five um no i enjoyed my time with it I had a really good feeling visually it looks stunning there's perhaps one effect i thought looked a little bit tough but otherwise just looked amazing um also, I, I know Dave will make a point about fan service, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, but yeah, there's some parts I kind of felt like they should have spent more time on it. So, like um, Ray being a Palpatine, it's like you should have explored that in the previous in the previous film. Um, but no, just yeah, I agree 100% with everything that Chris said. Is pretty much like my own viewing. So, <coughs> <laughs> right, it's going to settle in now. Here we go. <coughs> right, right, right. Well, I think first, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had my trousers around my ankle while Becca was talking. <laughs> this is the most important part, right? Now pay attention. This is the most important part, and I've just put it away. <laughs> Carry on. Right, I don't agree that The Last Jedi wrapped everything up. I think it's a point that seems to come across often, but I don't think it wrapped everything up as provided a springboard for a new kind of story instead of going back to the old things that we expect. And I think the way yeah. that film left it with Kylo Ren as the main villain and no one under him, no one over him, and still having a war to fight, still having the battle to win. With and one to leave that out. people. 
Yeah, it's yeah. essentially in, in looking out, for, sending messages to people across the galaxy to hope that they come and fight and rebuild the uh, rebellion, or, which is the way it was kind of going. And also that was kind of forgotten as well. As the, the, we're rebuilding the rebellion and that's all come back to the resistance. But uh, and, I, and I think that's the thing is that, again, JJ looked at previous films and thought, oh, yeah, let's bring back Palpatine as the, the big, big bad, instead of letting Kylo Ren do it, because Kylo Ren is the villain of this trilogy. Yes. Kylo Ren has been. And when he killed Snoke, that was the perfect time. And you had that hope then that he was going to join Rey and they were going to be all good, but he didn't. And he kind of still went the way he was. And it kind of, it seems like to justify or to make it a lot easier and, um, for what happens with Kylo Strick Ben's arc in the film it was just to uh, to bring about Palpatine so he can be a hero, a traditional hero, instead of actually con- continuing the complex exploration of what it means to be not just the villain of this these films, but also someone who is very his whole life is where he's been, and again, something The Last Jedi beautifully picked up, um, is how different people from the heritage of the series have affected him and his trajectory as a character and as a person. So you've had him, you had him with Luke at a very young age, you've had Han and Leia apparently having problems with that, but then you've also had, you've had Snoke come in and and then he kind of turned to the dark side. So there's all these, and then obviously, but the thing he's also that I'm guessing Snook kind of picked up on was Vader as well, and the shadow of Darth Vader, and how having a relative like that, what what kind of impression, what kind of influence that that kind of thing has on a young child, and what happens to him when he is not treated right or when he's failed by the people who are supposed to be protecting him the most. And that's all swept out of the way. So Palpatine, who apparently was Snoke as well, can come in and do his stupid, let's bring the Sith back. I'm going to do all these things. And even though I'm only going to be in the film for about five minutes. And while that, we'll just walk back everything that made it very interesting as well. And look, yeah, she's my granddaughter wow isn't that great because everyone likes star wars when it's about families and just misses the point entirely and there's a ton of stuff that has obviously been cut out or just missed out or they didn't think was relevant i've seen stuff that's been written in comics about things that's about like certainly about kylie ren things like that that could have really helped the audience that uh, has been missed out and the, the various walkbacks from The Last Jedi anyway, like the complete disappearance of Kenny Marie Tran and any potential kind of lines of hers being given to bloody Mary from Lord of the Rings, who sticks out like a sore thumb with his plummy Midlands accent. And I, I liked it. I liked the film at a certain point. <laughs> Are you sure? summary. Five I like I liked it at a certain point, but I mean, it would completely fall apart if it wasn't for Daisy Ridley and Alan Driver. They are the, the two. Even oh, yeah, with the, rub- the linchpins of the film. Even with the rubbish they were given in this film, they just kind of really, really 
held it together. But um, all that stuff just just kills it and just makes it absolutely hollow and kind of... I had the same feeling after I saw Revenge of the Sith when that... So at that point, that was the end of Star Wars. So we were talked. And I was kind of depressed for a bit and then I saw... I kind of got over it and I'm back and I was kind of, I was, I kind of reconciled with it. I made my peace with it. And I'm not seeing that with this film because there's, there's too much in here that is walking back. And I don't think, again, something that people say all the time as well is that there wasn't a good, there wasn't an overall arc for the trilogy. But when you consider there really wasn't one with George Lucas, really. Because George Lucas made all kinds of stuff when he when he was going around. Like, like Darth Vader wasn't his dad until a couple of drafts of Empire Strikes Back. Leia wasn't his sister until Richard right while he was writing Richard and the Jedi. Until after and, fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it just feels like I think it's less about there being a plot and more about one one singular groups of writers. And uh, and it's kind of disappointing because originally Ryan Johnson was said they said he was going to write and direct episode eight and then he was going to write episode nine. Yes, I saw that. I which that. obviously didn't didn't come to didn't bear. Yeah, so I mean, it could, it could have done with someone like him just looking writing all three episodes or at least being a co-writer. But as it stands, it's, it's a huge disappointment. And it's left a really kind of bitter taste with me. So, Dave. Um, <laughs> I, I, had a, I had three viewings. And the first one was bad, bad. I mean, I just watched it. And I was just, every now and again, I was like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> right all the way through it. And it was like, oh, fuck off. Oh God, where, where's your fucking backbone? Do you know what I mean in terms of this film? Uh, I was watching a film that was just all over the shop. I mean, things are, and, and it's just got no, but it's like Star Trek Into Darkness where he cures death and makes fucking starships obsolete. And it's like, you know, a supreme sacrifice is made and it's undone in seconds. It would, it would be like if Han Solo was frozen in carbonite and gets out before the end of that film. Yeah. Or we read in the opening crawl to the next one he got out, out and another five things have happened. It, it's, um, you know, um, oh, C-3PO makes a sacrifice, but it's undone. Chewie, we think we've lost, but it's undone. They need this dagger, but they lose it. But that doesn't matter because of that. You know, he's got it in his memory. But then he can't actually access his own memory because of this. But that means they've got to go to another planet, which is absolutely fucking and you know not really needed, just to introduce a new character that's a fucking marketing opportunity. Cool though he is, um, and. You know, we, we get introduced to, you know, the, the, the Power Ranger that Poe Dameron used to fucking date for no reason at all. Then we blow up that planet for no reason, just for the fake out of maybe she died there like we'd fucking care. And uh, but no, she's fine. That, that's undone. And Lando's not going to join. But then he does. And then he assembles the largest fleet in history in about an hour. Um, there's no there's no c concept of this this 
even quadrant of the galaxy or the galaxy or whatever distance this is meant to cover being large or big or having any kind of like diversity and i don't mean racial or sexual i just mean people from all over you know until we see a load of faceless crafts at the end um kelly marie tram is is clearly not jj's character it's as simple as that i think jj didn't create her didn't give her a thought didn't know what to do with her i've read today something about they put her in some scenes with leia but the leia cg wasn't very good they were painted into a corner with the whole carrie fisher thing I don't know what you do in that case because I it's the scenes stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah. The one she's in. Um, because there's none of the sort of freeness in the dialogue with her. It's it's retrofitting somebody to say something to her to match the reply they've got of her. And she says, you know, a fifth of what she would normally say in scenes for obvious reasons. There's one point where Daisy Ridley actually sort of kneels down in front of her, and it's because you've clearly got a shot of her looking down. Um, so that's kind of nobody's fault, but I do wonder about the wisdom of them even fucking bothering. I know it, it felt um, like um, it just felt like sort of like the actors yeah. like like Daisy Ridley was like doing all the heavy lifting. it's I mean, I've always liked Daisy Ridley in the, these films, but this is the first film I've seen where I've thought, yes, you could genuinely be an enduring star, as opposed to just these films or appearing in mm. some things here and there. She carries this film, her and Adam Driver. Adam Driver's another actor that I've never quite seen the hype over. I've always liked him. I've always thought he can do a bit of everything because he's, he's funny in some things as well. I saw Marriage Story a week or two ago. Oh, uh, my, my thoughts on the film aside, he's phenomenal in it, and I would not be surprised if he was Oscar-nominated for that. Um, so they carry the film. But the, the rest of it is just a spineless film there to, like, nod to fans who were pissed off by The Last Jedi. Now, the, the common... And I think there's something in what I'm about to say, but I think it's overstated. There's a common perception that if you liked The Last Jedi, you don't like this and vice versa. And I think there's something in that. I think there is something in that. And there's no... But I had lots of problems with The Last Jedi. It, I really did, and we'll talk about them next week when we rank. But it's the only film in this trilogy that has, A, taken any chances, but B, looked like it was capable of making Star Wars anything other than a fucking tribute act to itself. Because we talk about this with Eon and the Bond series. and They're rolling out a 1960s car every two fucking minutes to go, hey, hey, look at this. And, and he is the ejector seat. And it's, it, I just think like, in Bond, Casino Royale used it reasonably sensibly and didn't throw all that in to the same degree. And I feel the same here. I just feel like when we talked about The Last Jedi, uh, for all of its faults, um, we were talking about how it was leveraging things like Battlestar, the Battlestar Galactica remake and the, that episode where they had to make a light jump every 33 minutes and things like that. And this ragtag, and they got to the end of that film and not only was this, you know, not only was the, the message that, like, the, the Force can live in any of us, uh, but they, they the survivors were all on the Millennium Falcon, which is not a big ship. I mean, it's big within, you know, these sort of runabout crafts within the Star Wars universe. But, you know, in terms of how many people you can fit on it, it's not a lot. And... Um, you know, it really was, Christ, they're in a worse position than they were at the end of Empire here. This is extraordinary. And, you know, it, it just raised a lot of interesting points for me. And in this film, they've just gone straight back to 
let's give people what they want. Now, that's fine, but a property will die if it does nothing but that. That said, I was happy with it with The Force Awakens because, A, you were bringing a series back, and I think you needed to wash away the stink of the prequels. But not only that, it was done well. I mean, The Force Awakens have introduced good new characters, snappy dialogue, put just enough spin on things, you know, new spins on things, decent action. It was fine. This has got the writer of Batman versus Superman and fucking um, Justice League. And we know what happens when you put shit writers with J.J. Abrams. He has this tendency to just undo stakes within moments. And so nothing means anything. And when they go off to do something, they're going off to do something that will lead to them having to do something else, making the first thing not matter and so on. Um, little you know little plot inconveniences are waved away with their hand so when uh dominic monaghan says we've got to do a lot more holdo maneuvers it well that was a one in a million oh all right fair yeah, enough literally. let's fucking forget it then. you know it's like no, no explanation of anything it's just anything that's inconvenient they just wave away i think this film is lazy i think it's pandering i think it's utter fucking shit <laughs> and that's after three after three viewings Yes, but he liked it. So <laughs> um, I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed my second viewing. I enjoyed my second viewing because all the all the things that were pissing me off the first time, I was ready for. But by sure. the by the third viewing, it felt interminably long. I mean, I can't believe this is shorter than the Last Jedi. It feels so long. It did drag. And, and, and there's this whole bit where they've got to go to this planet to get the message out of R two and uh, not R two three PO, and I'm thinking. All of this is a fucking utter irrelevance, or maybe the bit before where they had to go you know, get the knife and go back and get it. And all of this stuff doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. It also, doesn't why didn't we know about that before? Why is this? Why are you just telling us this now? You know. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, you know, and it, and it's characters can't find each other until they can, and yeah. that sort of thing. And I just think it's it, it's it's typical J.J. Abrams race racing through a plot at a breakneck speed to keep you entertained, and so you don't think very much. Um, they've undercut characters, I think, that had interesting things. I mean, I think I think Finn is relatively ill-served, and making him force sensitive does not make up for that. Oscar Isaac's character Poe is suddenly given Han Solo's backstory. Um, you know, I I thought I thought Maz had something interesting to tell us, maybe about that lightsaber that was set up in the seventh film and completely fucking forgotten since. But you know, nothing particular. No, she's, she's just there to sort of fill in for for Leia. Like, oh, she and know, she knows it, what she must do as like seeing Carrie Fisher just like walk. And off it, screen. It, it, it's it's like Into Darkness or the very worst of the Bond films in that the moment you put it under any scrutiny, it falls apart. You go well logically. All right, shut up, Dave. You know, all that time trying to find a wayfinder, which all of it was about finding a fucking wayfinder that was instantly fucking destroyed. Yeah, Half it's, of this it's film ridiculous. It's a total waste of our time. I, I, I love how it's called wayfinder. Like you know exactly what it is. Not, not a compass or. <laughs> it's, it's still not as bad as unobtainium. Although having said that, the one, the one thing I will say is we we obviously don't know at this point how the Avatar sequels are going to turn out, but the one thing about the process is they all work together on the big story. And what James Cameron said to them was, I'm not going to tell you which of these three, I think it was four actually, scripts you're going to be working on because you'll only focus on your bit then. So all of the writers to all of the Avatar sequels have worked together until the story is locked and then they're sent off to write 
their various bits. I've been very defensive of Kathleen, uh, Kathleen Kennedy because she's taken a lot of nastiness and misogyny and everything else, and her track record is better than that. But what I said during our original Star Wars series has come to pass, that actually we've just complained about Eon controlling this, that, and the other, but actually there's, there, there seems to be a complete lack of oversight here. And Star Wars is not the series you give to, I wouldn't call J.J. Abrams an auteur, but you get the point where you give it to somebody and say, go create. Yeah. It's, yeah, they like, gave it to like, well, they gave it to someone like J.J., which is fine. And then he gave it to someone like Ryan Johnson, who's literally just turned it on its head. Um, and I think that he, these things, I think that, I think the contrast between the two was just way too jarring. And now they're kind of like panicked and course and trying to overcorrect it by bringing JJ back. And now it just landed in what we have now. And really, really what they should have, should have done uh, is maybe start with Ryan Johnson or, or just, yeah. or, or, or at least, you know, if you're going to go to JJ, say, look, look, JJ, here's fine. Can you get Star Wars off the ground? Off, off the ground? Uh, we, we, we we can have these vague, vague ideas. Going to bring this guy. Going to sort of t- turn it on his head, you know, and kind of like. So it's at least so you've got like creators who actually know where things might go, rather than like oh, I've done my bit and then I'll sign off for someone else. You know, yeah. do you know what I mean? It just felt. It, I think. I think that's where. That's where the. I, I mean, the, the the last thing I'll say on it before we sort of go into it is um, my second viewing was with a really big Star Wars fan. Now, Charlie's a really big Star Wars fan, so I'm not speaking for the fan base as a whole. But I know him and what kind of Star Wars fan he he has ears and what he responds to. And he's a much more nostalgic human being than Charlie ever comes across as. And I met him outside the cinema. They were in, like, there's, like, a bowling alley and bar next to it. We were sat there. And he said, he said, I don't want any spoilers. He said, but what did you think? And I said... The bad news is I didn't like it. The good news is you're going to love it. And he did. When the film finished, he was fucking delighted. Things like Chewie being given a medal, that was just meat and drink to him. He loved it. So I don't, for, for everything I've just said, I'm, you know, I, I still see people moaning about The Last Jedi two years on. I'm not going to be here in two years whining about this film and picking on anyone who likes it. If you enjoyed it, great. I felt a bit um, insulted by it. And I, I also think that it made me question how much of a Star Wars fan I am now. Maybe, maybe I've just moved beyond this stuff. I've watched them all in the build-up to the rankings, enjoyed a minority of them, if I'm honest, now. I haven't loved a Star Wars film since 1983. Um, there's only one film of the six saga films that followed, and the eight, that has shown any balls since 1980. And I'm just thinking, well, maybe I've just grown out of this now. Maybe this is no longer for me. I don't know. Because I, I, I don't need a tribute act that reminds me of how I felt when I was six. I don't need it. And there's hypocrisy in all of us because, you know, I watched Bond films rinse and repeat for years and, and, and largely enjoyed them. Yeah, but I guess with the Bond films, at least from our, our perspective, we grew up with uh, a high number amount and they're all vastly different. Yeah. Or at least, like you know, uh, at least there were, there were eras that were vastly different. You know, they weren't all necessarily rinse and repeat a lot of the time. Well, they didn't release a Bond film last year that was literally like the Spy Who Loved Me, but slightly different. Yeah, yeah. No, I get, I get the point. But um, yeah, uh, so uh, some of it I take on myself. Some of it I just think maybe I was just no longer in the mood for this anymore. Um, I, I did notice 
coming leading up to the film, how there was just you know you know you just sense like a lack of like um, excitement or build up. You know, the yeah. Last Jedi there was a bit of or, or even Force Awakens as well. You know, probably even more so. There was just like like uh, like an intense excitement. Like, oh my God, Star Wars is coming back! By the time we got to this film, it just kind of felt like is the Star Wars one coming out. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? It, I just felt like the like the enthusiasm has like kind of just dampened. It's somewhat. kind of waned a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, um, and I, I have no way of like pointing at why I why I thought that, but it's just you know mm. when you have like a general you know weather vane on 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 it. I I don't know, but that's just that's how I felt before. <laughs> the, the tweet I've seen that most sums up how I feel about this. There's been a lot of tweets. Um, some of them have been nasty. And again, I find myself liking tweets and then immediately unliking them because they're going to show up in the timeline as of people who like it. And I just think I don't need to keep rubbing it in to people who like it. It's I'm not here to be nasty. They, at least with this show, you've got to download it. And I've actually, if you follow me on social media, you already know I don't like it. So you're ready for this. Yeah. Um, but I don't need to be constantly having it popping up in people's timeline. But the one that did make me laugh is there's been a lot taking the piss out of the final scene of the film. You know, Ray, what's your, what's your, well, you know, what's your full name? And it's the one where she replies with Ray Star Wars. <laughs> and <laughs> that's quite thought, funny. And I just thought, yeah, that's pretty much what this film is. <laughs> Ray Star Wars. Um, I've seen uh, there was a brilliant thread the other day that that actually took the film apart thread after thread but even there there were two or three things in the film that are a problem that are being pointed out as problems but but overall it's J.J. Abrams plotting this this is this is in the Star Star Trek Into Darkness territory I don't know I do wonder as well how much interference there was from actually Disney yeah uh, Bob Iger uh I don't know. I, think, I wonder how much of this has actually got left on the cutting room floor. The, the idea of, of how much of this is kind of a rebuke to The Last Jedi, as if to say, come on, fans, we're not worried about that. Come on back and, yeah, we're going to get rid of that Asian girl as well. I mean, there's, 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 yeah, she was in it for like two seconds. She was one yeah, minute. Yeah, it's disgusting. One minute, 20 seconds. Like that. I thought she was going to be in it for 76, 76, 76, 76. They're all sort of talking about all the, the great role that she's going to play in the, in the next film. And then it's like, oh, no, General Leia wants me to stay behind and study reports or something like that. And the I was bizarre, like, oh. The bizarrest take is somebody No blueprints. I was, and I was I saw like, somebody disappointed. Complained. I was like, oh. I, I saw somebody complain she wasn't in it. And somebody else replied with, yeah, and we need to see more of this character and posted a picture of Max Rebo. And I'm like, <laughs> they're not the same fucking thing. They no. Aren't. Much more significant character. Central no. to Finn's development as a character. And she had, she had a, a sort of... Um, sort of below depths kind of angle to it and also it mm. teased the hi- a hint of a love interest well exactly yeah. and during the PR there was you know he sort of Wager made a point saying oh that Rose was like his girl and there was going to be a bit of a like, love story between them didn't yeah. happen at all so like, we're talking before Vince, about alternate versions of the film so I wonder if there exists somewhere a different version where like, there's like a sub you know people are shipping them so maybe really... Finn's like Bond he's like a oh, love interest in each, fi- each fucking film he's different yeah different in each film he doesn't shag any of them it's a, no. bit like, it's a bit like Bond popping into the toilet for a wank or something it's like it doesn't actually get to sleep with them but um you know they're, they're very early in the film they, there's this slug character sort of fixing the falcon clawed or something you think well that that could have been her mm. you really know she's a mechanic it's not exactly. a massive rewrite it's fixing things with jenna and 
you know, it, you think, well, yeah, but Jenna's indigenous to that. Well, not indigenous, but she's from that planet or lives on that planet. But you go, they didn't actually, they, they didn't need her except they stole a skimmer. And then like Finn and her go after the them. And that comes to nothing. It's bizarre. Shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? We've kind of done mm-hmm. it in a nutshell, haven't we, essentially? No, we'll have to get into the details. We'll get into the, the meat and the mud and blood. Charlie, you know. do you have the crawl handy? Yes, I do. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> what language do we want? Um, um, Spanish, please. No, I'm just, I'm just going to read it in plain English. English. Plain English. It's bad enough English. Like. Thank you. Just read it. Go okay. on. Oh, the first three words made me laugh out loud, but anyway, go on. Yes. The dead speak. The galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast, a threat of revenge in the sinister voice of the late Emperor Palpatine. General Leia Organa dispatches secret agents to gather intelligence while Rey, the last hope of the Jedi, trains for battle against the diabolical First Order. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power. See, that's my first issue with this film is that first paragraph that says the galaxy is heard but we don't, they don't hear it halfway through the film no because no. they play it and, and then it's just just spoken as if as if Poe wants to say I'm going to the toilet Palpatine's back <laughs> yeah. more yeah more after I've had a shit <laughs> and it's just like oh okay okay Visually, the first sort of couple of minutes of this film is terrific mm. uh, with kind of uh, Kylo on the rampage looking for this wayfinder, looking for his plot device. Yeah, and he's on uh, um, Mustafar, isn't he? That is Mustafar. The film yeah. doesn't tell us that, though. No, no. no you have to figure that out for yourself. And, and, and who the fuck is he slaughtering? We don't know. Like, he's... <laughs> like it, like if it's, it's buried in like the middle of this forest somewhere, like as if yeah, and nothing in any of the previous Star Wars films has established Mustafar as a forest. See, this this is this thing he's, a, he's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the or part of it's supposed to be the ruins of Vader's castle, right? And the, and the people he's fighting are supposed to be kind of like acolytes of Vader. Well, that happens, doesn't it? <laughs> Are these the same acolytes that uh, Palpatine has? These kind of like hooded sort of like I'm guessing they're, I'm guessing they're different acolytes. The thing is, why why did why couldn't they if they'd have left it as Vader's castle, which we already saw in Rogue One, and then just m- made it like a ruin, then that would have been much more effective than him just in this random weird forest. Um Yeah. Well, yeah, it because made, it would have made sense that, that thing it, would have been if that thing would have been in Vader's possession. Yeah, because it just leads. It, it just it basically presents more questions like, where are we? Who are they? But we, if we see like you know Vader's castle abandoned, we instantly know where we are with it, don't we? And what's it a way? What was it a wayfinder to when Vader was alive? Uh, yeah, exactly. Is it, is, is, it, is, it, is it just like CB radio to his boss? No, it's is that um, what it is? Wherever the Emperor is. It's the planet Exegol, which is like the sl- the Sith planet, which is like uncharted. So it's like, it's the only place that, it's the only thing that can, you know, you can find your way, hence Wayfinder <laughs> uh, too. Um, yeah, but if, 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 they, if they had that in his castle when he was alive, which presumably he did, then why? what would he have used it? Unless Palpatine... Because Palpatine at that point would have been ruling over the Emperor, Empire anyway, 
it would have been on Coruscant or yeah. in his Death Star. It's if he wants I mean, to especially if, if he'd given this to Vader and said, oh, yeah, this is to find me on my secret planet where I've got my um, be able to resurrect myself. Um, and then it kills, and then Vader dies. It's kind of like. Sorry. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Charlie. None of us know. No, it's all right. And I thought he'd been cut off. He's just utterly baffled. Yeah. And then the vat of Snoke. Vat of Snoke. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, I think JJ might have watched Alien Resurrection. I thought that really as well, you know. That, the depths of that film for interest. Yeah. I created Snoke. Why? All right, anyway. Okay. Uh, again, it's, it's to pander to all those stupid people who complained about The Last Jedi said, oh, we didn't get to know where Snoke was from. Who cares? We didn't. No, we never got to find out who the emperor was from until bloody Phantom Menace. Yeah. And so people, people want just... to know everything now. The prequel yeah. mentality. Yeah, they have to know it all now. No, damn it, now. I mean, what? what I mean, what? What? If if it is turns out that Snoke was a clone, well, why didn't you just make another one? Yeah. <laughs> Quite simply, yes. Good point. Dear JJ, I wish to complain. Yeah, was he a clone? Was he a puppet? It's just. Not was he even real? That's yeah. it. Oh, look, there's this really cool thing we're showing you, and the oh, but it's gone, so you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah, he's, he's it's just, just, just a, 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 a figment of your imagination. We, we don't even know really what real. it is because it looks nothing like the Emperor. And when it comes when it comes out, it's it's already like force sensitive and seasoned. It's just it's not very well thought out. And the other thing, of course, is the opening crawl suggests what's going to be like a first act hunt for the Emperor. Yeah. And he finds him in about a fifth of the time that a Bond pre-title takes. He just he just finds him. There, there is. And he's just been, yeah. Yeah. And when we is find it... him, he's just sort of in the dark on some arm thing. On a crane, yeah. On a crane. <laughs> you know what I think? I think the worst... The worst thing this film, the, the worst thing this film is guilty of doing is, you mean yes, you brought back Palpatine and you brought back, um, uh, I, of course, I forgot his name. Oh Jesus Christ, uh, Ian McDermott, right? Yeah. And and we all know how much he chewed the fucking scenery as the Emperor. Yes. Uh, here he's like, I'm like, where? It, there's just nothing here for him to do. He's just like, it's like he's just going over. Some old lines, like he's just reading he looks, his script he, he from the center. Like why, why, why would he come back as old emperor anyway? Yeah, I don't quite get that. That makes no sense. Well, he's and got, also, he's got cloning technology. Is he, he's kind of being what? held up by sort of tubes and various potions and lotions and everything. Um, and I, I read a review that um, said it was probably the best. Oh, I, I can't remember who it was. This is sorry, this is really bad. I do apologise um, to whoever the the, um, the critic was. Um, but they kind of mentioned it as kind of like delving into sort of like almost like horror type trips whenever he is portrayed on screen, like the, the lighting and special effects used, um, which I thought was quite clever. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about the reasons why we need to see the Emperor again. But I thought it was really cool, like how he was portrayed and how he was kind of like shot and, and, and how each scene that he was in was, um, was lit a certain way. So I think that was visually it was quite impressive and looked quite terrifying. Well, yeah, with the completely white 
you know, no irises. Yeah, very, very scary. Yeah. Oh, right. It, it, it looks very cool. The visual aspects of this film are kind of the least of its worries, really. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, more, more and, then he re- <laughs> and then he reveals to him after, like, Adam Driver threatens him and all that, and he says, you know, kind of, convinces him that he can give him anything we get some we get some cameo voices from some of our favorites and mm. um then he pulls out a fleet of thousands of ships <laughs> that he's been working on right <laughs> all of which have death star technology we'll later find out none of it is clear that where the thirty thousand people that man each of these are or come from and they can't escape they can't they, escape they, they, the they come up, except they, they can. They they come up from the ground. So like, how the fuck? So what? They, they just yep. made them <laughs> under like underground, have they? Yeah. And or like tarmacked over them after <laughs> they finished. It's like John Wick, where he has to dig up the uh, concrete. I mean, it's pretty much just hollowed out a, a whole planet, haven't they? Pretty much. Well, if if this is the unknown regions, which is uncharted anyway, then why don't you just stick them outside? If, if no, if no one's going to find it anyway, because they don't know where it is. If you have to, if you have to hunt down this Plus, special little gizmo to find it's the out defense where it barrier is. as well. <laughs> you just got like a fucking star destroyers uh, with. And also, <laughs> go on, sorry. No, I was just saying that saying that he was Darth Vader's voice again, kind of undermines Kylo's character a bit. Mm. Takes away the kind of the power he had in the first place of of his relationship to Vader. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's a parlor yeah. trick from the Emperor. And we'll, we'll later find out those ships are somehow connected to the First Order ships that they have nothing to do with. Oh, it's a fucking droid control ship all over again. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit like... Um, at the. I mean, we, you gloss over it because it's a far better film, but at the end of The Avengers, where they take out like the command ship, all the sort of alien beings just suddenly die like they're droids or something. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah we, we see ships falling out of the sky that are first order ships, not final order ships. So fuck knows. Um, yeah, so he's built this massive fleet in, and the hyperbole around it, when we get to like Pride or whatever he's called, and he said it'll increase our, sh- our fleet 10,000 fold. And it's like. That means you have one you- ship. <laughs> You've either got one ship, or, or there are hundreds of thousands of these city-sized ships in the fucking sky that that Palpatine and his mates tarmacked over to keep quiet from people who don't know where the planet is. I'd I, I like to think he was over-exaggeration. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but yeah. yeah. But even it's when you see the shots of them and there's just rows and rows and rows and... Yeah. Perfect formation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Pride must be the sort of bloke who claims to women his dick's like a foot long or something. <laughs> just given, just given to hyperbole. All right. So we then come to one of the few bits of the film I think is actually really well done and plays into um, JJ's um, strengths. They have got word of a spy, haven't they? Mm. Uh, this is where yeah. we get to the light speed sk- skipping sequence. Yeah, we saw you know, start with uh, Finn and Poe, aren't they? They're playing like um, that uh, chess Finn. game with uh, Chewie. Yeah, and they Which can- I liked. yeah, um, yeah, accusing of cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this I think what's really good is that they've got actually really good back and forth um, uh, Finn and Poe, which we haven't really seen since. Uh, 
well, since they nearly fucked at the end of the first film. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not gay. They're not gay. But it was, it was, it, yeah. But it was nice to see that. I felt very much like yeah. the like the old, old Star yeah, Wars it, there. It had, it had the right vibe, but then yeah. they're, they're sort of they're trying to get some information from somebody who's got it from a first order spy, yeah. which again, could they could have done a lot more with. Um, and they, they still have to plug things directly into R2. There is no sort of cloud technology or anything. <laughs> uh, but the light skipping sequence when they're under attack is very JJ. He likes the Millennium Falcon flying down corridors. And mm. he did something similar in Into Darkness as well with like the craft flying down narrow tunnels and things mm. like that. He's pretty good at that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. The hyperskipping, the hyperskipping thing, I just, I still don't understand how it works. And given given the, the very clear rules that were, that were established in the first film by Han Solo, yeah, saying without the nav computer you can fly, can fly right into something, and you've just got Poe kind of just got. It seems like if you put it to light speed really quickly, you just minimise that risk, but that risk is there. I think it's just. Yeah, it's a risk. Mm. Um, but we haven't really got a choice. I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of it goes back to the thing as well, is is kind of how they're positioning Poe as the new Han Solo. Yeah, and also... Um, and yeah, I mean, the other thing is, you think of the first film where they go to Alderaan and it's not there. And then yeah. a TIE flight flies past, and uh, Ben says something like, that's a short range, range um, fighter. Mm. And here we've got them fucking light speed skipping. I don't think the TIE fighters and that sort of thing would have that sort of technology. But anyway, they're not designed for like travelling across the galaxy. No. But again, minor thing, let that go, I guess. Um, and Ray is training. Yeah. And this is awkward. What do we make of all the Carrie Fisher stuff in this? We understand why, don't we? But mm. what do we yeah, think? I just kind of feel is they did their best with kind of what they had, but yeah, I kind of feel a little bit just like it was it's all kind of engineered and you know to be a certain way to look a certain way. Um, but it was, it was very sad, admittedly. I, d- so. I, d- I didn't mind it, but that was maybe because I was too emotionally focused on her to really kind of think any further. The only thing I didn't like was when they do the flashback to her chain with Luke. That was a bit strange. I thought that, I, they, I found that a bit this, jarring. The CGI face is bad. Mm, I it's found that a little bit jarring. Luke, Luke looked all right. Luke looked all right, but it, she didn't. But then I, I when the angle he was shot at for that CG thing, he looked exactly like his face did when it blew out of the Vader mask in episode five. Mm. Mm. Uh, that seems to be the reference Empire Strikes Back or some, some stuff around when he was training with Yoda and of course they probably digitally completely recreate it, it didn't look great in Rogue One for me I mean we debated and yeah, yeah, yeah. almost argued over the sort of Tarkin effect because I didn't like it and I know Charlie did and stuff but I think we were all yeah, kind of, they hadn't put they hadn't put as much time to the layer doubling obviously and it didn't look great and it doesn't here either it is very brief, though. It is very... It's very brief. Yeah, it's but then can you miss it? Yeah. It, they did say they obviously. weren't going to do it. Yeah. Well, There's yeah. all that big PR after she died and saying, yeah, we're not going to do any CGI stuff. 
Yeah, they meant present day. <laughs> yeah, again, it's it's JJ and his. Oh yeah, we're only going to we're going to you know back old school and use physical models and stuff and all this thing. And it's it's the marketing, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, so we know there's a spy. We know Ray is struggling with her training. We get a again. We get a quick sequence of her training while Leia sort of mm. is there, and. Uh, the she, Millennium Fo- she gets a, she, Doesn't she get like tapping with um, Kylo and that's what yeah. sends her off? That's the distraction, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then what? The uh, Millennium Falcon returns. She gets so, shit. Suddenly, yeah, suddenly Ray and Poe are really antagonistic towards each other. Yeah, but with some sort of sparky dialogue at the end. It's almost like they they, they don't know what they're going for. Are they... They haven't Friendly, properly but met, sparky. have they? Are they not really yeah. getting on? Well, you say that, there is a time jump. Yeah. I mean, one of the complaints I heard about this film was where 3PO says, I'm taking one last look at my friends, and people are going, where are his friends? And it's like, he's had a fucking year with them since we've last seen him. So, yeah. no, I, I don't really have a problem with that. The, I would expect the dynamics to slightly move on anyway. But the, there's a certain sparkiness between them that I don't know at the very end whether they're trying to hit at a bit of sexual tension, which is never raised again, or whether they're just... Poe seems to be... The last film was about seemed to be about him learning responsible leadership, and the yeah. continuation of the arc here is him becoming a general and stuff. But they want their cake and eat it. They want him to be saying stuff to Ray that would be unpopular with Ray, but a leader has to say that. We need you out there with us, etc., but he's just been light skipping and all that sort of thing, which is don't tell Ray it's really irresponsible. Yeah. So one minute he's the roguish Han Solo and the next minute he's the natural successor to Leia and they don't reconcile those two things. No. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But now they've got to go off to start finding this Wayfinder. Uh, so they fix, they fix the Millennium Falcon in record time. <laughs> Kelly Marie Tran says, I'm sorry, I've got to study. <laughs> I've got to read books, sorry. I, don't, I, I uh, actually felt disappointed. I, was lit- I think I sort of let out. Oh. <laughs> I think it's I've quite been. disgusting because it by doing that, they validated those people who attacked her. Exactly, exactly. No, I agree 100%. Who attacked her for, for not only being a woman, for being an Asian woman. Just being herself. I felt like she got negated by that. And Still yeah, she left social media because of it. It's like you know, just yeah. by saying, "Oh, sorry," it, I kind of felt that it's basically saying, "Okay, you, you know, those opinions are valid." When it's they're not. fine, it's it's fine not to like the character. That's a different debate. Yeah. Um, it would just be I, a race to I don't think I would say it's a mistake to uh, get your feedback from uh, social media because that's not really the no, it's not the best place. No, no, it's it's not. It's a... Yeah, it, it it's not what you know the masses really think. At the end of the day, absolutely, and that, and that's the thing. They should not. That's there's this kind of vocal minority. They they should not be listening to these people. I, I, what frustrated me about it, if I'm honest, and it only came out on the third viewing, because on the first two viewings, what I basically heard her say was, "I got to stay here," and that was it. And I didn't really listen to why. And on the third viewing, it is to do with what they're going to be doing at the end. She's got to study the schematics of first order ships. Because that was it. Sorry. they are identical to final order ships and empire ships, apparently. 
And it's to do with taking out that sort of command center that they're going to try to do at the end. Well, the first thing that occurred to me was, why would you not leave Finn there and take her instead? Now, the plot wouldn't support... The, the plot characters, as we've been presented, wouldn't support Finn being left behind. I get that. But it doesn't make sense as an argument why she's the one you leave. Uh, but it's also the fact that the story they give her for why she's saying links into what they have to do at the end of the film. And I almost imagine the writers and JJ slapping each other on the back going, well, what we're giving her is important. And I just think, well, it's a throwaway line after, after the fucking audience missed anyway. So I was disappointed by it. I just thought, and it isn't about liking or hating the character. Again, it's about fundamentally undermining what's come before because you yeah. never plan. I'd, I've just not known this before where you introduce a character like this, build them into the group slowly, start hinting at love relationships, and then, sorry, I've got to stay behind and study? That's really it's, odd. No, I mean, I, I can see how her work did sort of feed into to the ultimate ending, but at the same time, they just should have made, could have made perhaps more of it. And I, I do agree with Charlie's argument that basically it was, um, you know, sort of giving, giving rise to the troll's argument, basically. Yeah, I did kind of feel a little bit of a slap in the face for her. Especially as JJ had previously come out and said she was the best thing that Rianne Johnson had done. Exactly, for the last and then, year. there's so much made of her performance or supposed performance, um, you know, in, in the previous film and also in, in this new film. There's, you know, in sort of PR and everything leading up to it, um, they made quite a lot of, of, you know, of noise about her returning. Um, but I just kind of, I just felt deflated, quite frankly, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, it's a it's a divisive character. It's a, uh, the last film was a divisive film, but I just think hopefully she'll get her own spin-off. I, I, I'd almost rather she wasn't here than this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because it, it's just you've just drawn yeah. attention to it. It's it, it's kind of almost feel about you know um, the stuff with Leia. I think I'd rather they just open with like her funeral or something like and then just say say mm. oh like she's been she's been training Ray since because time has passed. Do you know what I mean? It's just that's it. and you can do like a little sort of respectful uh, allusion, you know, to it. You know, you can yeah. just, like like it did with um, Beyond, you know, uh, Star Trek Beyond with um, you know with uh, Spock. It just do it in a similar kind of way and just have a little yeah. sort of you know. Um, to me, that's kind of better than kind of just going over, you know, re- reusing stuff that they already have. Just kind of eke out a character. Yeah. I mean, a couple of times it was freaky because there is yeah. a bit in the film where Leia says something about he's been pulling the strings from the start. And and presumably she was talking about Snoke in the original version of whatever that was. Um, but of course it does fit. So it sort of fits. But Carrie Fisher was like a, a, a lively, sparky, talkative presence. And so to having her there almost mute with the odd reaction shot and saying one and two words mm. here and there doesn't really work for me. But I'm not really going to ding on it because it's just... What do you do? What do you do? No, a, a, there would have been a complaint, whatever they've done. If you just dropped Carrie Fisher from this entirely, yeah, there, there might have been a... Well, you could have done all sorts. She was digitally doubled in the last... You know, in Rogue One or whatever. Which, which is why mm. you don't listen to the internet. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and they presumably didn't, so this was the choice they made. Yeah. They've got to head off. Now, what the fuck is this? This is the start of trying to find the Wayfinder. And this bit of the film is fucking interminable because half of it means nothing. So they've got to go to... It's some... a Burning Man festival. I mean... Uh... <laughs> yeah. 
they're there to try and chase the last known position of where they were looking for it. That was that's it basically, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because apparently Luke had gone previously and found a clue. Right. Okay. <laughs> Right. And failed so, to mention any of that last time around. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So they get there. C-3PO's funny. He's describing, uh, you know, it's known for its sweets. <laughs> and uh, the pointed, it's every 42 years. Because we're 42 years into the franchise. Mm. Um, and they walk into the middle of a festival. The one thing I do want to say very positive about this film, and it extends to Maz Kanata as well, very like the Simon Pegg character in The Force Awakens. He's gone a lot more with uh, animatronics and puppets in this film. And the puppetry is really good. And I think most of the beings here are, puppet, are, are puppets and they're very good. Yeah, so it's a little bit Dark Crystal, isn't it? I th- I, mm, yeah, it does seem to yeah. be more, as I say, like um, puppetry and, no, it's, and um, animatronics as well. So, which, is, which is quite good. I'm, I'm all for real in, you know, in-camera effects. Well, CGI is fantastic, as we all know. Um, but yeah, I'm, in place of CGI, I'm all for you know real puppets. And if possible, that would be great. Yeah, it works here. Um, and she's given... I, I, I nearly, I, I, I've struggled to say about giving a woman a necklace, with, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of necklace. She's, she's given a conventional necklace <laughs> and asked her family name, I'm just Ray, which is the heart of the character, but never mind. And then Kylo turns up. Oh, Kylo turns up and Force snatches it. Now, how did we feel about this? Just the whole teleporting stuff now. Um, I I, I don't have too much an issue with it because then day new things are discovered with the Force. I mean, why 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 the heck not? Uh, but I'm not I'm not an avid Star Wars fan, so I don't know how sacrilegious like. You know, Midichlorians uh, is or for skyping or anything like that. I mean, I don't personally have a problem, but it's kind of it, it kind of makes sense because you're kind of projecting like your own kind of energy, and you can suppose you can kind of take little things back. I don't know. They, they kind of hinted at it in the Last Jedi, anyway, yeah. um, just tiny little bits. It's like mm. when Kylo had was wet from the uh, rain on the. Uh, on on the gel- oh yeah of course yeah toe. stuff like of that course. of course yeah yeah okay yeah all right okay we'll go with it um, and they analyze it in record bear in mind the spy tells them they're going to launch an all out attack the final order in sixteen hours right so the clock has been ticking before they even went back to base had a bit of a chat and set and fixed the Millennium Falcon and set off again right. <laughs> So they've now set off again against this ticking clock, flown wherever they needed to fly. Presumably, it's just round the corner, right? And uh, he has it analysed. I mean, he snatches it, and a moment later, we've analysed this, and this is where they are. And while they're still in the market, they're attacked. It's like, Christ, the lab on that ship must be like really good. That's extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a stormtrooper like there immediately sort of like get men down there and he's literally yeah. there. And they've got people in the local system. So I, I, yeah. I understand that's not meant to be from Kylo's craft. I, yeah. I get that. But it's like... It plays like that though. <laughs> but it, it plays like that she wouldn't have even had time to go and get a coffee after this <laughs> happened. 
and immediately a stormtrooper's there and shot by a stranger, a mysterious stranger. And I looked at this the first time. Is there a stranger, really? I had a look at it, right? This mysterious stranger. And I looked at it and thought, which bit of fucking fan service is this going to be? Because (laughs) the camera, like floats up on him and it looks slightly up at him in that hero shot and I'm thinking who's it going to be? Lando. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well go for Dun dun dun! Yeah literally. (laughs) Yeah so it's Lando. Good to see him though actually. Yeah Yeah. absolutely and he was great. He was brilliant. Um, Fantastic. Nothing you know no no plates there. Spot on. Doing all the right moves. Saying all the right lines. Lively. Loved it. They shot around his mobility as well because yeah. when you see him in real oh, life yeah. I, I saw him and thought how are they going to put him in Star Wars and he, he just looks a little bit older than last time he was great yeah um, but he says give Leia my love <laughs> oh. <laughs> graphically and film it go on <laughs> it's like that's how it goes trying to get the impression that he just hasn't changed at all he's still yeah he's there to say they went they went he went looking for this thing with Luke and it's out in the desert so he is again like a little plot point to send them on the next bit of the mission. So they've got to go out into the desert. It's kind of a desert planet anyway. Yeah. Got to go kind of go out into the wilds if you like. Um, and this is the action sequence that um, was in the first clip released of the film. Yeah. And the end of it is the first teaser. And um, all I, I I I was looking at it thinking this is pod racing. <laughs> um, it's an okay sequence but it's a bit, I tell you what I was reminded of at the end of this and we can talk through the scene in a minute but when they go, when they actually fall through the quicksand, although it's not quicksand it's more like the stuff in um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull actually like a dry sand thing but suddenly this worm appears behind them and is all teeth and I thought of Kirk in the ice cave in the first Star Trek reboot where JJ just goes, we've got to have something for them to fight here. And there's yeah. no need for it. The plot doesn't wildly need it. Um, it does foreshadow healing. But again, we can come back to that because the healing's a problem, really. But um, yeah, long action sequence of them being chased by stormtroopers whilst quipping wildly. <laughs> <laughs> it's OK. Yeah, it's fine. Just um... It's all for nothing, though, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, they, they sink in quit sound and, oh, no, they're going to die. Oh, no, never mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, they're fine. <laughs> uh, what were the stakes of that? I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, well, well, each time I've seen... Uh, twice I've, I've seen it now, and, and when, it, when it comes to that, I just, in the back of my head, as soon as they all, like, sort of go under, it is, like, a brief pause, and I just sort of, in the back of my head, sink credits. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, three PO. They've made an effort with lines here. Now, again, a lot of people have blamed JJ and Ryan Johnson for this. Actually, they've said you know how they wasted three um, PO. But actually, if you go back and watch episode three, he literally wanders into the back of shots and things like that. George didn't know how to use him by the the third film either. So, but it is good, you know. I, I, you didn't say my name, sir, but I'm perfectly all right. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm not usually a 3PO fan, but I thought it was quite funny, this film. Yeah, it was uh, really good. It was like his last hurrah. Especially, um... especially with Poe, because, um, you know, the, the bit where he's, his memory's wiped out and he's introducing himself again, he's like, oh, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, he's transformed after the 
change, but we'll mm. come to that in a minute. Um, so they, thankfully, after this attack from a big slug, which Ray then, <laughs> Ray, Ray then heals, right? Um, they find that the uh, dagger they're looking for is right in front of them, <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> this is just like, they drop James T. Kirk on a planet and he looks right in their Spock, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's that sort of like deus ex machina, there it is, and immediately recognisable as a Sith blade. And then 3PO reads it and says, it's Sith language, it will show us the way to where we're going, but I can't translate it. And it's like, you're not ready to move to the next act of the film, so you're going to have put another fetch quest in. And then we get. Oh. It, it, well, it, it's it's like a video game. It's like next mission need to do this. No. Yeah, yeah. It's just throwing up these little artificial barriers to just make a film almost like five minutes at a time. Mm. As you know, as opposed to sketch up, we didn't need half of this. But um, so they've now got the blade, and we see Chewbacca put it in his bag, and they head back to the ship, and Ray recognizes that as the ship flying away in her in her memory childhood memories that's right isn't it yes yeah um but i I think they should throw in some more action sequences and a fake out yeah many fake outs the knights of ren show up they were good weren't they (laughs) i I didn't get their point in this film unfortunately sorry so what are they meant to be like sort of Jedi trained then or what what's the deal with them? What's Who fucking knows? <laughs> who knows? Like Ren, there's meant to be when, kind of Ren's personal army, but well, yeah, maybe were, not. were they meant to be his mates who he just like casually just kills at the end? I think so. Without <laughs> yeah, fucking, no any sort of you know, without any sort of convincing of like, all right guys, if you don't no, don't no make me do this. Not no lines of dialogue, no uh no weapons, you know, they're killed instantly. Oh, fucking up. Anyway, right. So Kylo Ren is arriving. Because, again, all these places are really close together. Mm. Uh, and this is the bit from the uh, first teaser. Although, with the mask on, he's rebuilt his mask because J.J. wants his character back as he conceived him. I thought the whole point of ditching the mask was actually character development, but never mind. Mm. Um, well, he takes it off halfway through the film, so yeah, don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, cynically, you think it's another model to sell, isn't it? The variant where there's like yeah. red lines on the mask. But anyway, whatever. Um, now, what confuses me here, and I only thought about this on f- third viewing, what craft is he on here? Because it's established at the start of the film that he's got the Wayfinder plugged into his craft. She destroys this craft. Um, and he might have grabbed it. He's on... flying later. He might have grabbed it. He might I have. don't know. Right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, there's then an establishing shot of Chewie being... Chewie is sent out to call her back. It is like yeah. sending Lassie out. There's something I didn't like that. <laughs> it Lassie. was like, come on, boy, go, go get mom. Right? I mean, to be fair, he is the bigger of, the, of them, so... Instantly arrested. They did actually show the two crafts. Again, I didn't yeah. see it until the third viewing. He's loaded onto one, and you can see another one right there. But they don't take off at the same time. We They establish John Boyega's looking right fucking at it. And when it takes off, he screams at Ren, Chewy, and points at the one she fucking... Ooh. Right. This is just lazy. <laughs> Dave's fucking. getting angry. It's... 
it's just it's lazy and manipulative just to throw in a fake out that they're going to undo in two minutes time just to give the audience that <gasps> moment. And it's like, well, if you're not going to have stakes in it, first off, eventually you become inured to it because everything they do, you start going, well, they'll undo that in a minute. And secondly, it harms rewatches because once you realize whole acts of the film mean fuck all, you're just waiting for it to get on with it. I mean, did honest question, did anyone actually, was anyone convinced that Chewie was dead? No. No. No, but I, I would have been... I, I would have been back if this was like The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. This is now this is now a Disney product. I don't see them killing Chewie. Particularly as the character's lifespan is, is longer than the sort of period of the films, if you like. Mm. So they can roll him out forever for fan service. And also, I've seen J.J. Abrams' films, where they undo everything five minutes later. <laughs> So it's just, you know, I just think, you know, if at the end of the Wrath of Khan, he'd have gone, no, Spock had just gone, no, I'm all right now, don't don't fire me down there, I'm okay. That That's like a J.J. Abrams fucking way of doing things. It's like, have some balls. That's the problem. It's not that you didn't make a, The Last Jedi Part 2, and I understand half the fucking audience didn't like The Last Jedi, but at least it had some courage of its convictions. This has none. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the ship blows up with Force Lightning, um, which I, I didn't realise Force Lightning could do that, but, uh, okay. Force Lightning can do whatever the plot needs it to do. Yeah. Um, we'll come to that later with Palpatine, because that's all over the fucking shop. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, The moment, her reaction when she fires Force Lightning is superb. J.J. Abrams knows how to work with actors, and Daisy Ridley's great. Yeah. Mm. And even Adam Driver, just the whole way he is around him. Though these two are just outstanding. Um, so the, where do they go now? They head to um, oh, they head to Kijimi. Yes. Now this whole planet exists to give us a sacrifice later on in service of another fake out, and get the message out of three PO's head that has just been put in as a false barrier anyway, and will be undone in moments. So this is all, I don't really like this, beyond the fact that, again, from an art design perspective, we are seeing something different. Yeah. Kajimi's quite an interesting planet, and they are stepping up. They've now got... Now, this is the other thing I, I get confused by, right? He's he's pulled all these ships out of the tarmac, right? And they're, they're waiting in the air, thousands of them, we assume. Um, we don't know how they're going to be manned. And you hear Pride say, I think he's called Pride, isn't he? He says something yeah. like, we are going to have to redouble our efforts uh, in conscripting children. So exactly what happened to Finn, they go out and raid these villages, take the kids and raise them to man what they need to fill the First Order. So base. it's going to take at least, what, six, seven, maybe ten years? Right. All these ships come out of the ground and he goes, we must redouble our effort. And I'm thinking, 16 hours you've got. I don't think going and stealing some three-year-olds is going to do you any fucking good. But, but also, what I what I don't get is um, wasn't like wasn't uh, Palpatine you know used clones originally in the the you know, the prequels that yeah, Clone Wars. See, he, he surreptitiously ordered a clone army. So why yeah. why, why haven't done that in that quicker? Yeah, I mean he could have he could have mm -hmm. called you know that pl that planet. What's that planet called? Kimono. Uh, no, what's it called? Which one? Kimono. No, no, the one that the um, the clones are made on. Oh, Kamina. 
Camino, that was it. I said kimono. Kimono? <laughs> Dressing gown. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, the, the kind of syllables were there, but not quite in the right it's order. It's been there since Return of the Jedi, which is like 35 years before. <laughs> <laughs> you could have had generations of clones by now. Unless he's like dropped his wallet on the way down. <laughs> That's what's happened. Vader threw him down the shaft and his wallet fell out of his pocket. So he's gone to <laughs> he's phoned Camino and ordered some clones and then realised he ain't got any cash, any credit cards, nothing. So, so he's just gonna have to wait. <laughs> yeah, we all know how much of a pain in the ass it is to like reorder a new cre- a credit card, isn't it? To... <laughs> also, it did look like he vaporised at the end of Return of the Jedi. But yeah. Never. Uh, <laughs> He clearly landed in the parking bay as well and was able to just fly off. It uh, People will uh, listen to this and argue, well, perhaps he was a clone or whatever. Well, I think it's a corpse. He's dead. I think he's effectively a, re- a, re- a, a corpse. A reanimated. Is, yeah, I think he's a corpse with like a Sith spirit in him, effectively. Mm. Well, that's the and, thing. Uh, they don't explain any of it in the film. So what are we supposed to think? Well, his fingers are damaged as well. You wonder if that's anything to do with Force Lightning and stuff. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. It's, it's not... He's it's, got fingers missing and stuff. But, it's a bit weird. But we've explained... everything about We explain everything about everything else. It's like the stuff that don't matter. You know, and it's the same in every other film that he does. He explains everything about stuff you don't need. That might have been Orsi and Kurtzman as much as anything else. But the bits where you genuinely go... How does that work then? Or how did that happen? Nothing. Um, the Kajimi stuff is really just about the whole 3PO memory thing. And we do meet a new character, um, which does seem a marketing opportunity, but he is pretty cool, actually. What's he called? Abu oh, Frick. Abu Frick, that's it. Um, yeah. CPO's oldest friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good line, though. That is a good line. He's one of my oldest friends. And it's like, yeah, because he's the first person you met after the wipe. Yeah. So now we get, this is just all happenstance. We now get, they, they do all that. And we get a romantic scene with Poe and Power Ranger. Um, where they just talk a little bit about, do you want to come with me? She gives him um, a plot device. Access to any ship, he is a coin. Literally a plot device. <laughs> right, yeah, this is going to get me off the planet. Two minutes later, do you want it? <laughs> right? Literally a plot device. That makes sense. Chewie is on the ship that's right there. Um, intelligence has sent them there, so the fact they're there makes sense. That's fine. So they then decide they've got to go to get Chewie, and while they're there, Ray works out that they needed the actual knife in the first place. The one that didn't matter because of his memory, but did matter before that because that was the main thing they needed. This plot is flip-flopping all over the place. So then now Ray goes up. Yeah, so you've got Poe and Finn go to rescue Chewie and Ray goes to get the dagger and finds himself in quarters that look nothing like the quarters we saw from him before. And he keeps his he keeps his granddad's mask on a plinth mouth. <laughs> the pedestal gets bigger and bigger every time. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, alright. It's just like it's just it's built. Next around. time we see it, it'll be like in a big cabinet behind a shield and you have to have a password and a key and 
What a bad fake out in the trailer, though, because it did look like they were destroying a vision of Vader. Yeah. Mm. So, I was very really disappointed at that point. I was like, oh. No Vader. Uh, many disappointing moments in this film, but that's just one of them. Yeah. And they get and they have another force time talk. Uh, Face time. He goes down to and force time. And fight. Yeah. I don't know. This is... Um, the, he, he's trying to... Now, the thing is... Sometimes he knows exactly where she is. Sometimes he's got no idea. So they're fighting. Yeah. He can sense her. She could sense where Chewie was and everything. And, and now he doesn't know where she is until she destroys the plinth. And it's like, oh, that's where you are. Because some of the damage of that falls into his, where he is. This is weird. Does she tell? She doesn't tell him right now. No, she says he, he, he tells her... He knows the rest of her story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only in the hangar bay later. Chewie and Chewie, they get Chewie out. They're shot in the escape. Um, oh, they've, they've, they're, that's it. They're, they're caught by Hux, who then says, I want to kill them. And it turns out he's the, he turns out he's the mole. And that reverberates through the rest of the film because he shot 15 seconds later. <laughs> yeah, but he's but he's only the more because he doesn't like Kylo Ren and the way he yeah. treats him. Yeah. Now, yeah. now that makes no fucking sense on the basis that like if they win, the chances are they'll destroy the craft you're on. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like go rogue, go, go, you know, infiltrate. Yeah, fucking. Hell. Or, or, right. or destroy <laughs> the resistance then, if that's the case. I know. There is absolutely the logical outcome of this is you will be killed. Right, and when when instead of like the moment the moment they get away, he's killed. So we yeah. get nothing more from Hux. Yeah, he it. just that's what I mean. He just feels very much like he's just been sidelined completely. Just like oh, just whatever. And where think well, as good as Richard E. Grant is in these and in, in this kind of role, like I just think well, why isn't just not Hux anyway? But Richard E. Grant didn't even stand out much. He didn't. Yeah. Really. And that's I not thought a... it was great though. I, I enjoyed when it was on screen. He suits that. Yeah. Well, it wasn't amazing. I still enjoyed his performance. Because Hux was always a good kind of foil for kind of rep. Because mm. he was a bit petulant as well sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wasted um, on this occasion. And occasionally when he raised his voice and stuff like that, he'd almost go a bit like cartoonish, but in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. Losing a bit of control, it was almost like River trying to be in charge or something. <laughs> yeah, um, so and and it would make more sense because obviously, since Snoke's gone, if Palpatine shows up, he's like, "Oh, I'll follow you now." And fuck, you know. Yeah, so he'd be right. the next best thing. And yeah, so, and, and fuck Kylo because he's he's been pissing me off for. Right. Bear three in years. mind, we've now been to. They've gone to see a spy. They've then gone back to base. They've fixed the fucking ship. Right, they've then flown uh, to that other planet, got into a bit of a scrape there, flown to Kajimi, done everything they need to do there, stopped off on the ship and rescued somebody and had a bit of a chat there, found out who the mole is. We've got sixteen hours. Lando hasn't even fucking turned up again yet for what <laughs> feeds into the planet. It's a mess. They haven't thought any of this through at all. So now, and they still haven't gone to Exegol. They still haven't got not Exegol. They haven't gone to. 
we find out that it's in, it's on Endor, but one it's the Endor system. It's not yeah, the, it's moon. not the yeah. it's it's mm. one of the it's like the ocean moon, not the forest moon, or something. I thought, like are that. we going to see those characters again? But no. Well, we do. We do sort of. Well, eventually, yeah. Warwick Davis, you see at the end of the film. Yes, it makes cameo yeah. at the end. Yeah, um, that was a high point of the film. But you see those three, um, Poe, Finn, and Chewie tearing through the Star Destroyer. Yes. Mm. Again, like like a new hope, only. And shots. Just... Some of the sets looked very original Death Star as well. It was a bit yeah. like when Ben was sort of sneaking around. But with no security, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it did look a lot quieter on that on that ship. She's in my quarters. Didn't you lock the fucking door? <laughs> I quite like the, the force, um, the, the Jedi mind trick joke. That was good. Yeah, oh, was it's, it, it's always it's always defined by the reactions, not the actual mm. trick. It's them going, "Hey, yeah, welcome. Yeah, it's good to be here. Great to greet you here. It's actually <laughs> great." Um, but yeah, they've still got to go to another place to get onto the old Death Star to get the Wayfinder to go to Exegol and you've got Finn, you've got uh, Poe saying if we leave they'll follow and it's like, or later on he says this and it's like, you don't have the time for this why you've put 16 hours on this is beyond me so now they fly to well we'll call it whatever it's called Kefir yeah yeah. And and it, and basically she's stolen she's got this knife back that you pull a bit out and if you stand in an exact <laughs> all, she's told is, all she's told is something like stand on the southern shore. Well if someone went and told me to stand on the the coast at Southport, I don't think I'd get it right to the foot if you had an exact spot in mind. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm just being a bit thick, but when she actually finds the, you know, the the point, I'm not exactly sure about what that point actually is. Because like, it's like, it's like, oh, it, oh, it's down the ship. Great. Well, does that, well, whereabouts in that ship? It, it's where the, the the tip of the bit that comes out points, which looks really cheap as well. Yeah. It's not a very good prop. No, um, it looks I, like a yeah, tape measure. It looks like, yeah, and it, it, it's sort of... Um, and after all that, it's in his office, and it's like, you could have guessed that, couldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, in, it's in the throne room. Yeah, it's like, well, so he had it somewhere near where he'd be. That makes sense. <laughs> and then we got this... First place these, you might look, yeah, okay. Yeah, these people who've turned, who then turn up, Jenna, is she called? Completely yeah, under... Yeah. Yeah, and, and introducing, you know, space horses. And... They're like, we can go over there in the morning. It's like, we haven't got time. So Ray steals what they call a skimmer, which is a bit like an X-Wing that goes along water, mm. um, against real waves. I did wonder if the Wayfinder was just to find decent surfing, if you're a Sith. Um, and she goes there, and Finn's like, we've got a follower. There's another skimmer. And that plays into nothing at all. <laughs> at, they, they needn't follow her at all. They needn't follow her. They might as well... It- uh, wait. Uh, it's an excuse for Poe not to be there because he goes off and he goes and tries to fix the Falcon. Yeah, but they could have just gone with him. We <laughs> already had also, two people fighting. It's also Finn running after Ray again. Mm. Yeah, but that's well established about the character. We don't need him following her to the fucking toilet just to prove it. <laughs> Cause, yeah, but what? what yeah, cause it doesn't serve anything else, does it? I mean, like doesn't. He, he doesn't intervene. Doesn't like save. He her, tries or... to intervene, and she force pushes him. To keep him out of the way. Yeah, and that's it. There's, there's no. I mean, he, he doesn't 
do anything, doesn't save her, he doesn't uh or he doesn't bleed onto anything. That that's it, it just it's just like why? <laughs> What's the point? It might you, you might it might as well have just been like uh there's there's no there's no more skimmers. Alright, well <laughs> do you know what I mean? We'll just go and help Poe and hope she's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of this organic plot development? <laughs> um, yeah, wholly organic and yeah, totally believable. And yes, superb, wasn't it? <laughs> fight scene's good. Yeah, but, yeah, really, really good fight scene. I must say that the fight choreography, um, amazing. All, all the fight scenes, action scenes, spot on. Um, anything vaguely involving script or plot, I'm just like, oh, my head is in my hands all the time. Um, but yeah, all the fight scenes, action scenes. Just the visual like choreography and the looks of it is fantastic. It doesn't look like a choreographed dance like the prequels, does it? No. It the the, the like fighting does look organic, scene. actually. This is a bit. Isn't this a bit with her uh, with her magic cave moment? The magic where cave. She, oh yeah. Where she goes into she goes into the vault to find the thing, and inside there is is her. Uh... Oh, sorry. Yeah, the fight's after that, isn't it? Yeah. That's the point. We get to the wayfinder. And it, she gets a 10-second vision of herself as evil with a double-sided lightsaber, which can fold back into two blades that kind Point of trap your blade. And she can do a sort of Bilbo from Fellowship of the Ring when the you know when he's yeah. an old man, like. And then uh, <laughs> I think we need a visual for that. That's it. Well, I just made a hissing noise. You know the bit where it's, yeah. uh, it's, that goes with it. For those who don't know what I'm on about, it's Rivendell when uh, Bilbo goes to Rivendell to effectively retire. Um, and he starts aging, not as severely as he will by the end of the trilogy. And Frodo catches up with him there. And when Bilbo catches sight of the ring, he, he just pulls this hideous face, which always looks like a blend of CG and like animatronics in the um, yeah. in the fellowship. It's a good effect, even all these years later. Yeah. And um, it's a kind of a version of that. But it comes to nothing. She immediately it seems to be a method for her to drop the wayfinder. And of course, Kylo's there because he's got a wayfinder, so that sort of makes sense. I'm okay with that. And he picks it up and destroys it immediately. And it's like... <sighs> she might as well have never found it, any quarter. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just a, yet another thing. It's just yet another, let's put a tiny hurdle in the way. And they start to have a fight. Mm. And it goes across, like, water and ships and all that. It's good. I like the fight. It's really good. Um, uh, meanwhile, Leia's sensing all this. And decides to place a long-distance phone call. <laughs> it's a very long-distance phone call. And Maz helpfully says it'll take all the rest of her... St- is it Maz who says it? Or the- yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. It'll so, take yeah. all the she rest knows of her- what she has yeah. to do now. That's when, she, that's when she puts the, the medal in her hand, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And contacts Jimmy Savile. <laughs> I always thought is there something very Jim will fix it about, about these medals <laughs> but anyway I did notice that on first viewing so I, and she was channeling something this was alright and I do think this is where they're slightly hamstrung because the vision that well Ben I suppose gets in a little while I think would have been Carrie I yeah think. I think this this is the problem with the film, though, and what I was saying, well, <laughs> the problem, one of many problems, is that this little scene between Harrison Ford and Adam Driver is so much better than so much of the rest of the film. Yeah. The acting and the connection. And there's one bit where where he's kind of, I think, because yeah, he's, he, he just he gets healed, doesn't he? Yes. 
Yeah, Ray, Ray sort of when uh, Leia distracts him and says his name, his original name. Yeah. Um, he drops his lightsaber, she catches it, stabs him, and then heals him immediately. Again, no fucking stakes ever. Um, and then she sort of dies, or is dying. She certainly collapses. Yeah. Um, and she leaves, and she leads to go back to Act 2, if that's how it's pronounced. Uh, yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, Luke's planet. Yeah. and she's going to quit now because she's gone too far. I like, there's something in that. She's always fighting her anger and, you know, yeah. something bubbling yeah. beneath the surface. And obviously yeah. Han appears, and it's it's not a Force ghost because he wasn't Force-sensitive as far as we know. Um, yeah. It's it's a memory. He's talking within his yeah. own mind. It's it's a bit like dreaming. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a lot of the dialogue from The Force Awakens repurposed, really. Yeah. Where he kills him. Um, and he convinces him. To, that Kylo Ren is dead and he throws his lightsaber away and he's yeah. now Ben Solo again. And also, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, the scar on his face is fixed as well. Oh, no, I didn't. When she fixed him, she fixed the scar on his face. Oh, okay. It's gone completely. I uh, noticed that, but... Yeah, no, she, so he goes, she goes back to the island um, and is burning the ship. Which hopefully has a wayfinder in it. We'll come to that. <laughs> that, that, that that's not destroyed. Uh, that's not destroyed. Everything else is, but not that. Um, and she throws her lightsaber away, and Luke Skywalker catches it and says, <laughs> "Fuck you, Ryan Johnson." Yeah, <laughs> I took it. He delivered it with a hint of humour, though. He did hint, you know, like, yeah. "All right, I know what I did in the last film." You know what I mean? Yeah. He delivers it in a really low voice as well. Yeah. Great. You got a lightsaber. respect. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we catch this now. Force ghosts can now physically. <laughs> this is weird. And they helpfully well, don't, they do not show his other arm as well at all. So yeah. they, they don't leave it to like, how would he have a metal arm or he doesn't have an arm? They don't show it. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. To be fair, it was, I mean, in Return of the Jedi, um, Ben Kenobi sat on the log. Yeah. So from there, that immediately that does shows that there could be interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. And especially with Yoda doing his lightning thing as I, well. She's doing what he did. Yeah. I am, I'm going to yeah. shut myself away, just like you did. I was wrong. I was scared. Don't think fear was the right emotion to be expressing. But I've got no problem with the Force Ghost version of him still being on like a journey in terms of yeah. what he wants to do. This seems all right. Um, then we find. Uh... <laughs> then he says. Uh, then we get the flashback to him training, and he <laughs> says, "None of this makes sense. It was the last night of her training, and she quit. And it's like she's fully trained. <laughs> it's the last <laughs> night. That's like that's not like that's like." studying maths for five years and not doing the last question it, it sounds like a line from um from um police squad and naked gun yeah it does a little bit yeah so she's quit but here's something she'd like you to have in case you need a second lightsaber later and and by the way well done on fixing mine um yeah so he's given luke she's given luke's lightsaber as well and then she says, "I, I, I can't go anywhere. I don't." Have it. And the, he, he brings to Yoda's music as from Empire. Mm -hmm. He brings yeah. the 
he brings the uh, X-Wing that was underwater out. Love the scene. Dislike the fact that I think that was the symbol of a life put behind him. But anyway. Yeah. So also, it, it all works last... properly. Nothing is perished. <laughs> Sorry, but, go on. But also, in The Last Jedi, his door was one of the wings. Right, was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember that. To his hut. <laughs> right. So they quickly fixed that. <laughs> they got 16 hours loads of time. Right. So... <laughs> Um, right, 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 he healed it with yeah. powers. That's what it. That's what that's, it was. He healed it. She gets the wayfinder out without burning herself, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and heads off to Exegol. Uh, and Adam Driver is as well. Effectively, Ben's on that way as well. After yeah, Dad, we, we we don't see him. He only turns up like towards the end. The but... other the other crew are back at base, and I love the fact that in JJ films, lessons are learned in one short homily. <laughs> he sat. Uh, he's um, Poe's having a chat with the corpse of Leia, right? And he's going, I don't know if we can do this. And Lando says, comes in the back of the room and says, I did. We didn't know either. And then he says, Well, we didn't know we could either. And he said, So how did you do it? And he said, We had each other. And that one line completely transforms Poe Dameron's thinking for the rest of the film. <laughs> Not like. All right, good. <clears throat> so he makes Finn a fellow general, and they got this plan to go and storm Exegol with Jenna, who's left her home to go with them, no problem at all. And Lando goes off with Chewie to get back up. They've probably got about half of the time left at best here. They've, I, I think eight hours has dropped at some point, but I think it may have been before this. They've used half their time. And Lando is now going to go galaxy-wide and assemble the largest fleet of all time of people who all have well-armed ships. <laughs> right. So, Ray heads off to Exegol to meet the Emperor. Um, yeah, so... Uh... Yeah, so they they get a wind of uh, Ray, don't they? They they find out where Exegol is because of Ray's. They're just tracking Ray, aren't they? Oh, that's because of this new fucking droid. The droid? No, is it because of the new droid? Is it from R two? No, R two says that they're getting a message from Luke. Hmm. Yeah, uh, they're showing them the way. What is it that Do the new droid gives them? Because there's a bit where they they plug him in at one point. Oh, that's to find out what the atmosphere around it's like. All the stuff they're going to have to fly through to get yeah. there. Yeah. Which is not necessary at all, because we see him fly through stuff that looks a bit gnarly, and then they're there. Isn't that um, JJ's cameo? He's the voice of Dio. J- yeah, he's the voice of Dio. Ah, uh, I thought so. Mm. Another marketing opportunity, totally unnecessary. Mm. Uh, not even a particularly cool droid, is it, really? It's just a hairdryer. It's no. a hair it's a hairdryer on a unicycle. It, it did think, think of Pixar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah it reminded me a little bit of Luxo Junior. Yeah. That's yeah. all. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. So they head off while completely confident Lando is going to get them a massive fleet. Because <laughs> if you lead them, Biggest fleet will come. Ever. Yeah. Ever they, awesome. did, they, did, they didn't... Did, yeah. Didn't they try this at the end of the last film? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Yeah, but they didn't try it with Lando, did they? Right. Yeah, because you know Lando's like smooth and convincing, so we go, "Hey, come on, let's fight the Empire." 
it's kind of annoying. It, it didn't work with Leia, but it suddenly works with Lando. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, no. maybe, maybe just felt a bit more up for it this time. I don't know. <laughs> oh, the, oh, it's the final episode. Oh, we'll win then. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Or, or, or maybe the signal was particularly shit that day of Last Jedi. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone was like, you know, busy or something. I don't know. Right. Oh, shit, I didn't check my phone. Whatever. Right. So Ray now meets the Emperor. Um, and I don't get any of this. Strike me down because then my soul goes into you. JJ's been watching Highlander. Right? Yeah. Why did that not happen in the last, in the fucking Return of the Jedi then? I don't know. Anyway. Isn't that kind of riff on strike me down and I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine? Yeah, but you cetera, meant, you be, you're not meant to absorb the essence and become him, surely. No. Really? They haven't thought that through. I don't know. And yet she does, she does effectively kill him at the end and nothing happens. Except yeah. ships in completely different quadrants collapse. Anyway. Right. That's so, inwardly. And literally so, Grant burns a horrible, painful death. This is, this is um, Ray saying... Uh, the Emperor saying Emperor things, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. The I mean, unless it's all just a ploy to kind of like, I have foreseen you, like both her and uh, Ben, the power oh. of two. Ben has explained to her when he was still Kylo that they are a dyad in the Force. Yeah. Is there any uh, precedent for this, Charlie, in Expanded Universe or anything that you're aware of? Bear in mind, no, none of us no, have read no, everything. No, no, I can think of that. It seemed like something they were pulling out their ass. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it isn't to do with temptation or uh, tension or romance or seeing um, any kind of duality in their journeys as kind of, you know, children who felt they were kind of abandoned or betrayed in some way. Because that's no, kind of could have done, because it... Because they it, didn't really explain it, did they? Well, no, it, it's just that they're they're linked. This is how this... Yeah, this yeah. Anyway. Okay, it's a rare force dyad. Okay, and the whole point is you will become... Take all my power. Uh, when Ben later turns up, it actually becomes... Well, now I can take your power. Yeah. And he doesn't say like that. <laughs> your power? <laughs> your power, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, the battle that follows reminds me of episode three. There was one bit in it that I did find joyous. Despite everything I've just laughed at with Lando assembling a massive fleet, when Poe is almost in tears and saying, I tried, well, I, I yeah. thought we could win, and they suddenly see the fleet have arrived, and mm. the Star Wars theme plays for the first time in film. Yeah. Um, that was quite a joyous moment. But from moment to moment, it's like watching the opening of episode three, where it all looks rather impressive, but you don't actually really know what's going on because it's just a mass of stuff. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah. So they're going to ride horses onto the main ship to disable. They go to disable this sort of antenna, but they get wind of that and switch it off and switch it to the main ship. And so they then got to go on there on horseback. <laughs> and shoot it down from the outside because presumably all the cannons and guns on the outside of these ships have triggers on them in case you stood out <laughs> in case you, in case you stood outside in space 
Oh, you know. This might be bollocks. <laughs> might be. Um, and Yeah, okay. And Finn and Jenna are all pals and Oh, you do see Kelly Marie Chan briefly. Yeah, she she she's 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 on the charge as well. But um, he kind of goes like, "Oh no, sorry, sorry, Kelly, I'm 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 with this shit now." This, this <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm cracking onto this woman. <laughs> she, she, she's be a soul trooper, so I got one. Well, got me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to fire my enormous cannon. <laughs> I'm thinking of good things will follow. Uh, I think that's I, I personally. I just think that's a little bit lazy as well, just because you know, obviously he's. Used to be a, a trooper. She is a trooper, and it's like I kind of feel that yeah, she's just literally given Kelly Marie Chan like a massive heave ho. And I think that's a little bit hard. Hold on a minute, you know, he's just she seems to be quite fickle. So I'm I a little mean, bit un- not I, very happy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree, Beck. It's just it just feels like another character that we didn't actually need. No, I mean it's kind of interesting. It, it it kind of gives him like an ally, but he's already got an ally in Rose, and it's like you spent the whole film building up this relationship, yeah, just to basically him to slap her in the face, and it's like ah, it's like you know, so it just, that, that really annoyed me. Sorry to kind of get really off about it, but it did really annoy me. No, it's, it's another character that just they've had a kind of cool, they have a cool idea about, and they've but they've yeah. not gone anywhere with it. No, just, just, just for the sake of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I do agree. It is very, you know, I, I, of course, I'm all for diversity. Um, I recently um, read the news that there was, was it Singapore there was a kiss between like the first ever sort of gay kiss in Star Wars. Yeah, um, it was chopped out towards the end. And... They're fucking cowards. Well, they bit, shot it a bit, that bit random. Way. But it's like you know, I'm all for diversity and everything, but it's like, and it's obviously it's a very populous universe. Um, but it's like don't just chuck characters in just for the hell of it, and you've already established this relationship, and it's just oh, very frustrating. We'll come back to the gay kiss at the end because I've got a yeah. specific. It's, it's, it's very fleeting. And yes, I've, got, it's important. I, I mean, I've I, got two specific problems with it. Can we come back to it when they're celebrating at the end? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Super. Because well, I, I, I was just trying to make a point that I'm no, no, diversity. I don't mind you mentioning it. I'm saying, but I've I've got something I'd like to say about it. But I'll say about it when we get there. Okay. Um, the Is bit it I that you're sensitive. I love the fact. <laughs> oh, yeah, all the way through, he's been wanting to tell Ray something, and it's that like he's force sensitive. Apparently, um, I got it. I got what it was he would have told her because people are going. I've actually heard podcasts on this now where people have gone. I don't know. Presumably, it was that he loved her, and it's like no, he was clearly going to tell her he was force sensitive. So I'm not going to ding the film for that. What I am going to ding it for is the whole structure of even hiding. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't it's make any sense again, isn't it? It, it is. It's, it's purely. It's him structuring the films. He work. He's the way he structures them without any reality of how anybody would speak. If this was in any way real, he would tell her or not tell her. He, he wouldn't keep hinting at it, um, because it, if it was that he loved her, yeah, you could understand because that's a difficult thing to tell somebody. But like, I think I might have some force sensitivity. It's not a difficult thing to say, and it's constantly I might tell you. And when they're about to be shot, and Poe asks, "It's you still on that?" And it's like, "No, you're you're dead in seconds." You know, or you should have been. But again, no stakes in these films. Yeah, he'd be ashamed of like the really. That's the thing you've been holding back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it make, make something up. You know, that's less embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, I'm addicted to porn. <laughs> um, what I also love is they're all really tense in this battle, and all the characters that have been shoehorned in this film because they've worked with um, him before. Basically, 
JJ put some characters in his films. Ryan Johnson said, fuck that. And JJ went, fuck you and brought back. <laughs> so it's just a, a food fight between two fucking directors. Um, uh, so Grumberg, whatever the, character, yeah. the, the actor's called, he Snap. dies. Everybody looks really um, stressed. And then Lando arrives laughing his ass off, which I love. That's <laughs> just typical Lando. It's in the trailer. Hey, you know. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I love the. Uh, uh, was it? Is it uh, Waxley? Uh, the the Porkins. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I didn't know what the character called, but it's Greg Grum Grumberg. Yeah. I think he's, that's what he's called. He was in Heroes years ago. Uh, I, I love how he's in his pilot uniform all the fucking time. Like, yeah, <laughs> even when they're flying nowhere. The, yeah, even when they're grounded, and he's like yeah. still like in his pilot uniform. <laughs> it's like he's put it on to go and see the general, isn't it? Yeah. That is quite a funny exchange. Can you be a bit more positive? Yeah, it's, it's amazing how well this is going to go. <laughs> With a better script, this would have been all right, because he captures the sort of humour you want to see in Star Wars films and the sort of character interactions. I still get why they hired J.J. Abrams for this, but uh, the, the script then up to it. But um, Ben is making his way there now and effectively has to fight the Knights of Ren with the uh, teleported second lightsaber she happens to have. Mm. I did like that bit. I thought that was quite good. The transfer of it. Yeah, and the way way they were kind of kicking his ass and then... Mm. I I, I like the little sort of shrug he gave when he turned out he had a lightsaber. Yeah. "Eh." He's got an outstanding physicality. This is an actor who can do most things. Um you know yeah absolutely superb but again he's cutting down these characters that have been hyped for years yeah but again you could say well ryan johnson didn't use them and and you might have a point there you know it's as much as i think that was the only one in the in the series with balls there there might have been a few things that he could have continued but um yeah so he just he cuts through these people no problem they, at all and goes to join they, they only appeared in one flashback in the force awakens anyway so yeah they did yeah yeah. yeah, they they, yeah, sorry. they kind of teased a little bit though, because like they they're in that flashback, and then in Last Jedi they mentioned they, they are mentioned, like they yeah. were like kind of they went with uh, Kylo when the yeah. uh, so he kind of so yeah. he kind they're, of they're kept... sort of yeah they're in the same situation, same yeah. So anyway, oh well, never mind. Anyway, so as with everything else in this film, don't worry about that bit. So. <laughs> Uh, he arrives and he's Ben. He's Ben now. He's not Kylo Ren. And they stand together, and basically he goes to sort of take all the power out of them, doesn't he? Mm. Um, so he force pins them effectively and just sort of starts sucking energy out of them. Not in that way. <laughs> and <laughs> though I would have paid money to see that as a third act of this film. Uh, <laughs> just goes, just go fuck it. <laughs> just fucking oral sex for the last twenty minutes, and drop all score out, and just have noisy slurping. Um, with occasional cuts to Lando looking absolutely delighted. <laughs> um, so he's now reborn as the Emperor, complete with big glowing eyes. Yeah. And he doesn't need them anymore, and he throws Adam he, down the... He seems to have, like, uh, gained a uh, clothing as well. He's got, like, a, a really yeah, nice shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's because uh, 
in, inherent <laughs> inherent in force powers uh, is mail delivery CNA, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, this fucking film, right? So he pushes Ben down a massive chasm, <laughs> never to be seen again, because there's no way you survive that. And then he starts like, yeah, and he's shit talking with Ray, and it's like all that kind of shit. I am mm. the Jedi and all that crap. Yeah, I am all the Sith. I am all the oh yeah, there. He, she's she's um knocked down, and she starts with all this um, be with me, which she's saying in her training at the start of the film. And it's this idea that all the Jedi's are in you now, Luke. Say that to her. That sounds like a gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is another. This is another decent idea that just wasn't developed. I like the idea. Yeah, but to have it once at the beginning of the film and then not mentioned again until the end. Yeah, just kind and, of feels. And and how does that work? Is it a communing with the four? Uh, anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. So. Uh, I love the- yeah, we get we... a load of cameos that casual fans will recognise about three or four voices of, and obsessives will recognise all of them. So yeah. um, um, Samuel L. Jackson would use quite a lot, though. Samuel L. Jackson is there. Um, uh, Hayden, Hayden is there. Liam's there. Yeah, was it you and or was it Alec? It was it, both. It both, wasn't it? I think. Right, I've oh, heard. And Alec. Liam Neeson. Liam, yeah, he was in it. Liam Neeson. He could have just whipped his cock out with, through the force and <laughs> pistol whipped Palpatine. Anyway, um, uh, who else? Ah- Ahsoka Tano from the Clone Wars stuff. Oh, yeah, well, I, yeah. I didn't recognise that voice. And that was the one bit I thought of, and I've heard this on a podcast. I, I do try and come up with my own opinions, but it was said on a podcast, and I have to give credit for it. They pointed out that um, Sky Trash. Uh, I cringed Ross- that line. Yeah, it, they said how close it was to Sky Guy, which is what Ahsoka Tano used to call Anakin in a really sort of annoying teenager way. But anyway, um, so yes, yeah, so she gets the power from the Force and basically gets to her feet with two blades and we're right near the end now. Takes out, We actually yeah. see the Imperial... We see the Imperial Guards actually fight a bit, which is... Normally, these they're just marketing opportunities. They look good, but that's it. Um, and then what? Uh, she puts the... Oh, yeah. He starts um, saying, well, I'll kill you. Revenge of the Sith all over again, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Have we talked about how the Emperor just sort of force, force lightnings the entire fleet? The entire Resistance fleet just goes when like, he, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when he, um, when he uh, gets his full power back, he, he fires up at the sky. And it, it, it's effectively an EMP. They all lose power. He fires golden eye out of his fingers. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> quite and, and and yeah, the scenes be like free falling for a fucking long time as well. Like Yeah, they free fall for about five or six minutes. <laughs> anyway. Right, so yeah, that's going on. Although they do get power back once Ray's beaten him. And again, it's the it, that's back to Return of the Jedi, the cross cut between different things. This whole act feels very Return of the Jedi, but just with a little bit less logic and you know a bit warmed over the visuals are good but um yeah the thing is it's a bit like in revenge of the sith he fires lightning at her says i am all the sith just allowing her to say i am all the jedi and put the two blades mm-hmm. together why is it when lightning is fired back at him he doesn't like switch it off <laughs> it tends to be a flaw of his isn't it he, he's just he's like 
You know that little meme of the cartoon dog in a building that's on fire? And it's like, <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> that's what this is. His, his face is melting and he's like, no, no, this, this could still work. Right? <laughs> I could turn it around any moment now. <laughs> yeah, this is 17 nil down at half time, but if we can get an early goal. <laughs> right? <laughs> Honestly. I, I don't want to make fun of people who enjoyed this because it's Star Wars and it feels like a Star Wars film and there's lots of things in it you'll recognise and callbacks and the actors are great, but this shit. It is. I mean, look, badly thought through. It it is uh, uh, for all its faults. It is fun. I will say that it's but fun. Uh, uh, I if really you're able to get the, over the, it's the my second viewing was all right, and it's because I wasn't following it in the same way the first time i kept bumping up against stuff i didn't know and going oh shit the third time i was bored because it was nothing means anything but that second viewing a i was with an enormous star wars fan which helps and you can feel the vibe coming off him that yeah. he was enjoying it even though i'm really interacting with him but you just feel it there's like an atmosphere in the air of him enjoying it the same thing happens uh, when you watch a film that you like and the other person's hating it you yeah. just think, I can't enjoy this now. Yeah, I've done it loads of time. When my dad was alive, I put a film on going, this is brilliant, or a comedy or something, and yeah. ten minutes in, and he's stony-faced, and you feel like apologising for your existence, <laughs> right? But, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I, 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 the second viewing, where I just let this go and just let it flow over me, flowed all right. But again, it's not going to have many multiple viewings in it, or not very often anyway, because when I'm stuck in Act 1 or, or whatever, and they go off to do something, and I realise what they go off to do is going to mean very little because they've then got to do this and actually then circle back to that, you, you start thinking, why would I even bother? You know what I mean? Mm. But um, So Ray uh, kills the Emperor with no Highlander consequences. And drops to, the, drops to the floor dead. Yes, she's used Stop. all her... I mean, I'm not sure if the film tells us this, but she's basically used up all, all her life force to... Defeat. She did say, when she was with the worm thing earlier, she said, I've transferred some life force mm. to it. So it, it is kind of trailed. But what are the limits of this? If, if life is transferred back to her and she's fine, can't she transfer some back again? Yeah, it, it's just how, where does that you know? It, it raises more questions than answers, really. I mean, if the, the one kind of positive thing I can say is that it does kind of validate the prequels with what Palpatine was saying to Anakin about. Uh, well, that's because he, he repeats he repeats that line, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, it's at the start of the film. The, the, the pathway the, to to uh, many abilities, some considered unnatural. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I saw Chris Terrio interviewed the other day. And again, it, it absolutely backs up what you were saying about force healing. And when they said about Palpatine coming back, where did that idea come from? They said, well, there's that line in episode three. And Terrio said that. And he only wrote on this film. He didn't write on The Force Awakens, which suggests to me they did not have this in mind four years ago. Yeah, well, as, as far as I know, Colin Trevorrow um, did not, was not bringing Palpatine back. He wasn't. No. no. He has said that. He's got a story by credit, but I, I bet I imagine that's contractual. Yeah. I cannot imagine there's much of what Trevor. Trevor's problem, Colin Trevorrow was originally announced as writer and director of this, the guy who did the last two Jurassic World films. Uh, no, sorry, he didn't do the last one. He did the first Jurassic World film. The second one was Bayona, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and he's doing the next one. 
and he was hired to do this and and what i've heard in recent days that where it all fell apart was after the death of carrie fisher because his script was quite carrie heavy and when they realized they couldn't do what he'd written he struggled with the rework of it that is apparently what happened with the trevorrow it wasn't that he wrote utter shit it was that he wrote something they could no longer do and couldn't adapt his vision sufficiently which is why jj's back and you know and, and it has been rushed to be fair um the trevorrow was let go quite late but um so yeah so ben's all right though after that massive fall he's all right yeah he he, he got up and um yeah. He did Ray Solden and healed her. He just healed her because uh, he immediately knew how to do that. Yeah. Um, Romeo and Juliet vibe going on here. Well, it's established earlier. That's another complaint that I've, I've heard that isn't is a misunderstanding of the last film. I've heard the complaint. Uh, Ray's got the books, the Jedi books, at the start of the film. That's nonsense. They burnt down, burnt down the temple in the last film. Um, she stole them. She stole them exactly. Uh-huh. And that's why. That's why. Um, Yoda was so like um, mischievous about burning it yeah, down. Yeah, he said Ray already has what she needs. She has what she needs. In other words, you know, stop worrying about the edifice and worry about the information. But moving, moving on, you know. Um, but of course, so we don't know where she's learned this from, and we don't know, and it's never been established before. But Ben knows how to do it as well, unless he just saw her do it and was like, oh, "Yeah, that's what I kind of took from it." Yeah, oh, that looks easy enough. Oh shit! That's actually taken more out of me than I expected. Which which would mean that the Jedi knew how to do something that Anakin wanted, but Palpatine yeah. was promising. Well, not necessarily because she is supposedly because she is Palpatine's relative. So yeah, it's that power she has. Thing is, in Episode Three, I think he was lying to manipulate Anakin. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think I think well, they fundamentally if, misunderstood yeah, what Episode Three is because he says if we if we work together. We'll discover yeah. the secret. And then it, the moment he turns, he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. And we can work together, yeah. Whereas yeah. knowing it. Do you kill Padme? He's manipulating it, and Terrio's jumped on it. And with him and Abrams being so painfully literal in their reading of it, they've assumed it's a known force power. Mm. It was implied that it's only a Sith power anyway. So I think you've just got to ignore it and say they pulled it out of their ass for this film. We do get new force powers now and again, all right. Um, it raises a lot of questions about previous films, why people weren't healed and brought back to life. But again, J.J. Abrams cures death. To be honest, in Mission Impossible 3, Tom Cruise could have just fucking thrown himself right off the building. He'd been fine. <sighs> Tom right. Cruise is Captain Scarlet. Yeah. So. I hate uh, to see that. <laughs> then they have a kiss. Then they have a kiss. And that's another complaint I don't quite agree with. Because I've, I've, I've read takes where it's like, but there was no sexual tension between them. And I was thinking, what fucking film were you watching? Yeah, they're on a different planet altogether. The, the, the thing I really like about it as well is, after the kiss, you see him smile. Yeah, uh, that. Like, for the first time. He doesn't have any words as Ben. and he, yeah. he smiled, But he only smiles as Ben. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, he's like, he's like his whole face changes, doesn't it? It's like a completely... Different character. Yeah. You think, oh, like that's that's Ben. But this is why I think this was a last minute thing because the way he dies, it's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, yeah. it's just like, well, yeah, he just falls back and gone. Yeah, yeah. You, you, and now you're in full health race. So how does this work? Can you just keep swapping this back and forth yeah. for a bit? I, it's a bit 
it's just a little bit lazy, but I don't agree there was no sexual tension between them. There certainly no, was. No, no, no. Um, but again, there you go. Uh, what are the rules around a romantic attachments now? Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it's just all been clouded by nine films done by so many different people. Oh, yeah. Um, but there you go. So the, the battle's won. Uh, Finn is shown off to the woman by firing the outside cannons with the triggers. Uh, the large fleet have beaten everybody. And that's it. So they've won. Yay. They should go back and celebrate a bit. Yeah, like on yeah, on like an endor looking planet where Well they they they, they mirror Return of the Jedi special mm. edition by going yeah. around the place. Again Bespin. Yeah. Now someone said, Well, why would Bespin be there? And it's like, well, it's quite clear during the force jumping they pop through Bespin. It's force skipping earlier in the film. So yeah. Um and we do see Warwick Davis. Yeah, and so they head home for some graphic lesbianism. <laughs> <laughs> the moment Ben dies, he disappears to the Force, and so does Leia's corpse. Yeah, which yeah. is under a sheet, by the way. If you've not seen this, it's not just some rotting cadaver. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> under a sheet. For it's under a sheet, but that that disappears as well. So they've they've yeah, it's almost like she may have taken him. I don't know, but anyway. Um, the, the only thing I wanted to say, because there's a long sort of sequence of them all celebrating. It's too long, frankly. Uh, but the lesbian kiss, the, the, problem I, the only problem I had with it was twofold. Uh, firstly, they've shot it in such a way that you can cut out. So they've shot it in such a way to have no balls about it anyway. And if you're mm. going to do it like that, don't do it. Um, I'm not trying to argue less diversity and representation but at the same time if you're really going to half-ass it don't do it because it's pointless you're just drawing attention to how weak you are but the second problem is they took it out before they sent it to Singapore my attitude would be send it to Singapore and let Singapore edit it yeah that's my that's all I wanted to say on yeah. let, let I stand by your convictions or don't and if you're going to do it this way and think it's going to be cut let them censor don't do it yourself. I just think it was just... It's Disney wanting it always. It's Disney wanting to be progressive and representative and then shitting themselves over their bottom line. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it's something and nothing. It is... It is It is something and nothing. It's it's a peck on the lips, really, isn't it? It's a little bit more than that, but not much. Yeah, yeah it's just in the background. Yeah. As they're all... Every, everyone's hugging and kissing every anyway. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Should have fingered her. Fucking <laughs> give Singapore something to really think about. <laughs> it just, uh, it just pixelated it. <laughs> just pixelated it. That would be awesome. <laughs> or just a big black censored bar just, <laughs> just over their heads. Christ, what do we miss? Bloody hell. <laughs> Christ, they must be doing something really graphic. And then people spend years trying to get hold of the uncut version. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. <laughs> um, so what 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 do we get next? That's it, really. It's isn't it? Tatooine. Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, close, closest that we've come to the credits with dialogue. There's normally a couple of minutes of just music. Yeah. So they broke the format there, which I was... they clearly did that with, okay. last, with last one though. The you know the it, it um the, the last scene is with the uh, the kids on that on that planet. Yeah. Isn't it? it's yes, alien it's, kind it's, of dialogue, but so. it's dialogue free, isn't it? 
Yeah, no, there's, there's still there is there is dialogue there. No, there is dialogue. Right, uh, yeah. I, I withdraw yeah. my objection. It's not that big an objection either. Mm. So she buries the lightsabers there. Yeah. Then she does a Darth Maul from Solo and just switches on her lightsaber just so we can see it. Yeah. So like, don't worry, I've I've still got one. <laughs> look, and it's yellow. Look, see, look. Um, and then someone someone happens to be walking. <laughs> In this desolate part, in the middle of fucking nowhere, we do get callbacks to Ray's theme, which I like. And mm. she, like when she slides down, that's very like the first film, or the first. Yeah. Force Awakens. What's your name? Ray Star Wars. <laughs> 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 and yeah, she looks and sees Force ghosts of uh, Luke and Leia. Luke looks like Luke. Leia looks like um. I don't Fuzzy know, image. Luke. Well, yeah, a fuzzy image like photocopied out of the reason. She's pixelated. We just died. Yeah, perhaps she's kissing some lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at them and goes, I know exactly what I'm called. Ray Organa. <laughs> there's there's no, no Ben anywhere. No Ben anywhere. Yeah, I would have thought, yeah, thought you would have seen him there. Yeah. Given. But the thing is that this whole, the whole film, there's this whole thing about we're all together and we're all friends and everything. Yeah. And then she just ends up on her own, just like she is at the beginning of the first film. We don't know she's going to live there, though, do we? She could just be paying sort of homage to Luke's home and putting well, the true, yeah. Uh, again, that's another complaint I've read, and I thought it was valid, and then mm. I thought about it and went, actually, no one's saying she's going to end up there. But then if she's not going to end up there, when some nosy bitch says, what's your name? <laughs> you should just say, mind your own fucking business. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even live here. <laughs> I lose. I hate the last Jedi. Um, so it's meant Ray to be, Abrams. The whole point is meant to be she's chosen her own lineage, in fact, not her own lineage, but her own identity. She's repudiated being a Palpatine. She's paid tribute to Luke, who she had a very short-lived, testy relationship with, and had a closer relationship to Leia, who never took the Skywalker name. But there you go. I think, uh, I, I think it's supposed to be like you've got the Skywalker uh, I'll say blood but it's more about like because of like uh, He does say some things mean more than family or some things are I think, I think, some things are more important than blood or something like that. Yeah, that's what Luke says Luke I, says that too. I believe that because of like you know, he's basically enforced his life force into into her to save her that hence, hence why he's died that he's actually got the life force of the Skywalker in her so that she's yeah. like kind of, oh, well, I'm not Palpatine, I'm Skywalker. I think that's the the thinking. Yeah. Don't well, she's got a bit of Ben Solo in her as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, fan there you service. are. Yeah, it was a bit of fan service. Uh, thematically, I can see what they were trying to do there, mm. to be fair. Um, uh, it yeah, kind of, yeah. It's still, okay, I'm just annoyed that it still kind of takes away what Ryan Johnson was trying to say in The Last Jedi of all of that well it's shrinking the universe again yeah. if you come from a couple of different bloodlines you're alright and otherwise fuck off and then well, they would argue just... well Finn was force sensitive but how force sensitive we know Jedi come from lots of different families oh, yeah. but the, the strong powerful universe saving ones ha- haven't been yeah. by well, and large just see on Ray, just yeah. Ray. But yeah. no, and then even even with that, the title still doesn't make sense. It's quite a clunky title anyway. Yeah. Um, 
that where it's it, some of it retrospectively sort of pays off in that the complaints around the force awakens were that she was a mary sue which is bollocks but the uh, i always said that the strength of that argument would rise and fall on where they ended up taking the series because it was mm. quite clear that she was frightened of the strength of her force abilities yeah. the whole point is something has awakened in her and it's way more powerful than she would ever have expected yeah. so this business of where well, she fought kylo ren fairly evenly early on is like that's exactly the point um so making them linked in some way and their abilities linked in some way and actually coming up with a retrofit answer that yes she would be frightened of that level of power sort of fits but it's it's a Frankenstein's monster of a film. Yeah, I kind of preferred it when, or what I thought was, it was just the force literally awakening in both of them. Yeah. But, that's it. Final thoughts, Becca? All of the above. No, it's, it's a bit of a mishmash, to be honest. I do a kind of... Okay, so like, visually effects stunning probably one of the best looking films uh best looking films best looking star wars films of the franchise um plots kind of all over the place um script all over the place characters that were deemed important aren't new import new characters suddenly popping up are, are vital um the Palpatine thing really isn't explored much to my own satisfaction um finn is no yeah, Finn is reduced to sort of being lovelorn and just shouting Ray all the time, and it's like, oh, really give it a rest. Um, characters who are, you know, Dean Porter are suddenly sidelined. Um, but is it, yeah, as you, as you guys have said, there's a whole lot of retcon going on. But, you know, action scenes spot on, um, fights that do appear organic and don't look as stilted and, and as obviously choreographed. Um, so, yeah, there's lots to like, lots to. Unlike, um, I'm not quite sure when we come to the rankings, I'm not quite sure where this is going to go, maybe towards the lower end, middle end, I'm not quite sure just yet. Still need to do some calibrating. Um, but no, I, I agree with your comment, David, at the top of the top of the show, um, that it literally, literally is um, Daisy and Adam like driving this film. And they do have such amazing chemistry. And so I'd like to see more of them. But yeah, I was just crushed by the ending. Very sad, very emotional. Um, so yeah, three out of five. That's what I've got to say. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I, I, only the prequels can I really sit and laugh at. And I think that's kind of the point, that I haven't really loved this trilogy. I, I The Force Awakens is probably the one I most enjoyed on first viewing in that it really felt reinvigorated after the prequels and everything else. Um, the one I respect most is The Last Jedi. I don't think I particularly enjoy it, but I actually, I just respect the, the risks taken, the thought that was put into it, and just the attempt to expand the palette. And Star Wars will need to expand its palette. Now, it's got TV now in The Mandalorian and things like that, so there's other ways they can do it. But back when that film was made, and Disney Plus was not yet a thing, um, and there was talk of the Obi-Wan film, which Ewan's been uh, attached to for a long time, but it was going to be a film at some point. 
at one point. And um, so the whole palette of Star Wars in terms of the average sort of film going and TV watching, you know, public live action was going to be the films. And you can't just keep remixing the original trilogy every few years. So at least The Last Jedi thought about what does what do I want to say? What do I want to do with this? And I get some of the complaints. I, I honestly do. I, do. I do get some of the, the Canto Bite stuff has a purpose. People claim it doesn't. It does. But it, it's kind of strange. It's a it's a baggy bit of the film. And um, I don't know what on earth Benicio Del Toro decided to do in that fucking film at all. Um, so I do have problems with it. And I do have problems with even some of the Luke stuff. But it isn't the stuff most fans have problems with. Because I, I totally didn't have a problem with him being a hermit at all. And switching himself off the force, but it was blamed. It, it was brave. And then you br- you come onto this, and I'm laughing at virtually every plot development. And I don't think I'm nitpicking. I'm genuinely looking at a film that is all of J.J. Abrams' weaknesses writ large. There, and whether it's because it was rushed or because he just needs to work with better writers, or he's not a very good writer, I don't know. But constantly showing us stuff and then going, <laughs> not really, don't worry about it. Um, by the end of the film, things were happening. I mean, the, when she stabbed um, Kylo, I just thought, well, she'll fix him, won't she? It's just, it's just killing all tension. And consequently, it's a film I've sat here and laughed at several times tonight. And I mean, no dis- I sound like I'm being disrespectful. If you like it, great. You like what you like. And there's a lot of Star Wars in this. This is a very Star Wars, Star Wars film. Um, but it ain't for me. And I don't know that it's got many rewatches in it because nothing means anything. And I, I just didn't like it. It's going to rank really low. Uh, Charlie, do you want to go next? Um, as we all know, sharks need to swim forward to survive. Most sharks, if they stop swimming, will die. Um, this goes backwards completely. Hence the fact that it feels like it's kind of killed this trilogy. Um, it just It just feels completely... And complete anti-climax to the uh, the first two. While, while, while the Force Awakens had its problems, and obviously it needed to set the, the thing straight after the reaction to the prequels, the Last Jedi was amazing. I thought, and I still think it's a genuinely great film, and um, it really did a lot of wonderful things, um, wonderful new things, and this just feels like just going back to everything and just turning it all around. And saying, yeah, look what we had. Oh, yeah, Palpatine was always the big bad and all this stuff. And it just feels like there's been a lot of interference. And whether it's been interference from Disney or just people changing their minds at the last minute, because it just seems that there's a lot of stuff that's been cut out or cut around or last minute things. And while I can enjoy a lot, lot of bits of it on a surface level, and I did enjoy seeing it. It's like they said as soon as you start to think about it, you just kind of you pick it apart, um, and not since um, I don't think I even picked Attack of the Clones apart this much. No, you didn't. The the kind of the feeling of this film, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. It just it does a lot of moments where. I don't know, it just feels like it's kind of, it's trying to imitate it rather than actually being a part of it. And that's why it just kind of 
because this is now not only the last one of this trilogy, but now the last one had to do with wrapping up the whole saga, which I never really needed to do. Um, is it's been robbed of its own ending, and because of that, because they robbed it of its own ending, our ship being following Kylo Ren rather than Palpatine, it's just into this kind of congealed mess of old films spliced with new films and new dialogue recorded on top and it just yeah it's looser than the prequels and i think i may have said that. i don't know if i said that on air or off air because we were talking a bit before we started recording it is looser than the prequels i will say that there's a stiffness certainly about the first two of the of the prequels. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The way the dialogue's written, the way they all stand around talking to each other and explaining the plot. This has... J.J. Tonally's not a bad match to a Star Wars film, but it needs stronger writing. Yeah. I think that's the thing with, with The Force Awakens, yeah, Kasdan. Yeah, and I have my doubts about that because Kasdan had been a bit up and down in previous years. I mean, I know what he did in his heyday, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, um, yeah. But I, but I had some doubts. Yeah. And then eventually it, it came out really well. And th- there's a lot of criticisms of The Force Awakens, but once you understand what that film is fundamentally there to do, it does it very well. Yeah. I. That, that's the thing. Um, the Force Awakens, for all everyone says about it being a remake and all this jazz, it's got the heart that it needs from these films yeah. and what it did with Ray, especially. And certainly Finn and, and Poe. But certainly what it did with Ray was making this feel like a vital new addition, even though it had those other parts. Yeah. And it it makes me feel bad for giving Chris Terry the benefit of the doubt, even after sitting through those two dreadful Batman films. He wrote Argo, which is, is a pretty well-written film. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm just going to look him up now, but I, th- I think is, I mean that I think he won an Oscar for that. Well, that's not everything, and also Affleck was writing with him. I mean, we know Affleck, Affleck's actually a pretty good writer. Yeah. But you look, you look since then, and it's Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, Justice League, and this, and it says Justice League Part Two screenplay announced. <laughs> I, doubt, I doubt that's accurate, but you never know. <laughs> well, they are talking about rebooting all of that again, but anyway. Um, so that might just be when when back when Justice League was two films. Yeah, I would have expected that to still be there though. But anyway, right. um, he doesn't actually have a lot on his resume. I thought I would go on there and actually see some really decent stuff, and actually, there's not much there. And three of the one, two, three, I've seen four things that he's actually written. One's a short, and one is, and another one's another one is a short, and another one is something he just added stuff to mm. so he's written four things i've seen and i think three of them are genuinely horribly written so yeah not great whereas you look at you look at lawrence kasdan by comparison you know raiders of the lost ark empire strikes back return of the jedi um it does drop off after that a little bit though i have to say but, yeah but yeah. he still had some kind of like he did like silverado and things like that and silverado is actually quite funny quite up and things like that and yeah about the accidental tourist i've seen that that's okay yeah yeah it's okay uh yeah she hasn't written as much as you would think um but yeah they're, 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 uh, yeah there's no doubt whose filmography you would choose out of those two yeah absolutely 
Anyway, Chris? Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, I've, I've, pretty, I've pretty much said everything, really. Uh, so I'll just uh, recap. Uh, I, I enjoyed my time viewing of it. Uh, I think the film structurally is, is complete, utter nonsense. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to be divisive by nature but i can't i can't sit here and pretend it's a it's a very good film uh but i would say at least it's not boring so um at least has that to it um yeah i think probably star wars probably needs to have a, a li- little bit of a a rest for at least film wise i think uh, i think probably tv's is what they're kind of going to go just for just experiment on tv you can you, yeah. you can try you can try things there yeah just 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 like yeah Stay on TV for a while and sort of like you know just you know come back with a, a big bang with a, a brand new adventure. Just you know refreshed ideas uh, on the big screen, uh, possibly. And um, I think and... I think it almost needs a break to drain some of the poison away as well. It's just it's the fact that like half the people listening to this are gonna fucking hate it. The show, I mean, because it's just all of these prequels have been uh, sequels. Sorry, have been so divisive, particularly the last two. And so if you were a last Jedi fan and hated this or vice versa, you're just going to hate one or other of the shows. Well, I mean, you know, we, we do our best not to like be dicks about different, you know, difference of opinion do on, on the show. I don't think so. I think we're okay on that regard, but, um, yeah, but it's going to hurt some people to hear. It is, it is, but I, it doesn't, it does right. Rouse passions like few other franchises. It hurts me more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm yeah. serious. No, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm like, okay, no, yeah, it's... funny how you put that. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 true. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, to the point where I muted Star Wars as a phrase earlier. Yeah. Because um, even even though it hurts me to see the amount of criticism this film has, and the, and then having to do that myself, mm. it's just really quite just depressing really and considering this is supposed to be the end of the saga and all this thing mm. um, yeah because when's the next one's like 2023 or something two i think yeah i, th- I, I think i think they're announcing something next month and it's going to go avatar star wars avatar star wars and avatars due in 2021 so by that logic it will be christmas the following year so oh, yeah. we're about we're, we're just under three years away so is, is avatar going to be the next big christmas release well, it's the year after next, so no, whatever's out next year. I don't know okay. what's out Christmas next year, but there'll be something Christmas next year. Um, something Christmassy. I don't know. There might, is there something DC due next year? I don't no. know. Uh, let, me just, right, let me just see. Uh... Uh, the, the Eternals will be due in the autumn. Um, but as for December 2020, I'm not sure. Hang on. I'm typing December 2020. See uh, West Side Story and Cruella de Vil. There's a Marvel film for November and there's a Disney animation for November. Uncharted. Uncharted. That's an attempt to launch a franchise. When's that? December the 17th next year. Oh, okay. Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Oh, yeah. This article's from May, so I guess they've changed it. Oh, yeah. So, um, coming to America too. <laughs> or coming to America, coming is to it, is that is that a Disney release? No, it's not uh, Disney. Uh, Eddie Murphy. No, no, yeah. I'll be Paramount. Yeah, yeah. Uh, December sixteenth, West Side Story is the same day. Uncharted's the following day. Tom and Jerry, 
Uh, and I don't know before that. But that's December anyway, actually. So I don't, I'm not I don't too actually... sure about the West Side Story remake. Um, I'm forward to it. I'll, I'll go see it. It's fine. I don't know. That's Spielberg, isn't it? Yeah. That's like my one beacon of hope. So it better be good. I I haven't seen the original since I was this a kid. Is not, this is not Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper is actually a bad director. <laughs> it was Rob was amazing, but then cuts. It was really bad so directed, Becca. Really badly directed. That he was he, he was fundamentally getting in the film's way with his direction in that film. Mm-hmm. That's, quite, that's quite a lot wrong. Building lovely sets and then shoving the camera right down the actor's fucking throat. It was awful. <laughs> Up your nose. I don't think he's very good at all, to be honest. It doesn't surprise me Cats is shite. I really want to see Cats, though. Just, yeah. I, just, just, just want to see how bad it is. Yeah, I just want to see this, the spectacle. Just like, oh, wow, someone thought this was a good idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, Christmas Eve next year, Kung Fury 2. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. Kung Fury is funny. I like Kung Fury. It's not that long, but it's really funny. Uh, yeah. Of course, they're doing a Kevin Feige. He's got a Star Wars film on there on the on the. Uh... But I believe yeah. they are announcing a director soon. So, but we don't know yeah. what's happened to Johnson's trilogy. We don't know what they were going to do with the Benny Benny off. You know, the Game of Thrones guys. Yeah. There's rumours it's not was Knights of the Old Republic, but I got a feeling that's just because they've just done like a medieval-y type. Exactly. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you've just gone. Well, they're going to go back in time, aren't they? Don't, doesn't necessarily follow, does it? Yeah, I think, um, I think just yeah, leave it and we'll see what happens with uh with the TV stuff. And we'll be there. We'll go and see them. Oh, yeah, of course. We'll yeah. For the best. We'll still love all of this, but this has just been a bit of a wasted opportunity, this trilogy, with with, with good bits in it. But, you know, there yeah. you go. And I, fi- I, I hate to say this because of the poison she got, but actually maybe there is some logic in replacing Kathleen Kennedy at this point. Maybe we are now at the point that you go, okay, that needs a fresh vision at the top. Maybe. But... Um, that doesn't excuse the poison that went was put her way, nor does it negate what's on her filmography. Yeah, I think the one of the key lessons is uh, just fucking ignore social media when it comes to uh, yeah uh, making your movie because uh, it's it's really just like a small amount of people either way arguing over yeah. stuff that really doesn't really need arguing. So no. Um, no, because you like something or you don't. It's it's, it's actually well, not a choice. A yeah, lot. and and you get big people who, who are twats and people act like cunts on about various different things, and they they have this "I'm right, you're wrong" kind of like argue mentality, and and uh, that's and that's social media. But and uh, so uh, yeah, so just avoid social media at all costs. Yeah. So speaking of that, uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at. Uh... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Go on. Uh, at Cinematronics, could, uh, no, yeah, Cinematronics on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we haven't done fun facts, we have we? Becca, have you got any fun facts? This one just came out, so. No. There you go. Uh, I think she didn't. You, you can. Uh, I have, I have one fun fact. You can oh, actually yeah. see John Williams as a cameo. Where as is a, it? I've been he's, told. He's, um, yeah, he's like a, a bartender when they're in Kajimi when they go to see Babu Frick. Okay. So there, so, so there was stakes because his character would have died in that. <laughs> Do we see any fruit in this film? Do we have a fruity corner? Uh, no, I don't think we do. A little bit of a shout out to Steve Spring, who now can't watch a film without looking for fruit. 
thanks to us. Right. I I, I do I did learn uh, a fruit uh, fruit fact last night. Oh right. <laughs> Apparently, oranges and lemons are pretty much the uh, same genetically. Okay. So yeah, there you are. Well, they're both citrus fruits, so yeah. Fair enough. No, but they uh, justly they're made up of the, the same thing. There's only like there's only like a sort of slight little difference between the two. That's it. Yeah. They that's are that, interesting to that's know. That's fruit, folks. <laughs> that's really interesting to know. <laughs> it is great. God, you could have busted some of these out when there was like a vineyard in the Godfather. It's fucking Gosh. silent. Get, come to a I didn't film know. With no fruit. I, I didn't come know then. A, come to a film with no fruit in it, and suddenly he gets all chatty. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Ah, uh, you can find me at Movie Train um, on Twitter. Please don't send me too much hate mail. Um, yeah, yeah, we didn't choose to dislike this. We just, <laughs> just fucking did. Sorry. Don't send Charlie any hate mail at all. Just send him lots of mail saying how amazing he is. And please do more podcasts about movie scores, please. I think most I think most people are on our side with this. I think there are people who enjoy it but appreciate that it, that it's not very good. Uh, yeah, I, I, made, no, I, I what made me laugh is someone said to me, uh, "I won't name them because I won't call them out or embarrassing them." But somebody said to me, "Charlie might, you know, I can't wait to hear what Charlie's got to say about this film." Oh, because hang on a minute, because he might be my favourite. Star Wars reviewer, full stop. Hmm. And I took a screenshot of Charlie ranking them, <laughs> sent it to him, and he went, Don't think I could listen to that. <laughs> so you went from his favourite to not listening <laughs> within about 15 seconds. You, you've got to DM me who that is. <laughs> I will do, don't worry. <laughs> uh, well, you can tell your son we're laughing at our listeners. They're <laughs> <laughs> laughing uh, next to you. We're laughing. We're, we're laughing with them. Laughing <laughs> 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 not at them. Right. Anyway, don't drop viewers. Well, they'll be back for something probably. John Wick. You know? yeah, certainly not the ranking episode then. <laughs> <laughs> well, all you need to know really then is not to listen to the first like twenty minutes because <laughs> honestly, I think we'll be done with Rise of Skywalker by then. <laughs> <laughs> Becca if you want to you can follow us on twitter at the Spectres talk um, you can drop us an email if you want to expectorstalk at gmail.com uh, you can find us on twitter and no you can't you can find us on facebook and uh, do you expect us to talk and also by same moniker on the youtube also if you want to listen to us on the apple podcast if you type in do you expect us to talk um, if you like what you hear you can please kindly give us a glowing five star review helps us to rank higher and attract more listeners. And we are also available on Stitcher, uh, Podbean, um, and Spotify. And I'm not quite sure what other items. There weren't any, I just was enjoying the uncomfortable silence. The other thing is we're not used to be finishing this early, because we started early today. Yeah. Um, this way I can actually do what I need to do and get away on time yeah i don't want listeners to think finishing early is a problem we've got <laughs> we're taking medication for it it's fine yeah just think about football you know ah <laughs> uh, dear one more star wars to go so charlie's with us next time which means becca so yes that means do you expect to talk will return again with charlie 
as we finally rank the Star Wars movies. 